Welcome to episode 457 of the Overlook Hour. I'm your host, Clark Little. Along with me, as always, is the man sitting across the table from me. His name is Russell John, the fisherman. Hi. You, I realize you didn't talk about what I was wearing today. Yeah, I didn't. So I'd like to ask you a question. Yes. Do, do I look as rough as I feel today? <laughs> because it, it's been a man. You want an honest answer? The, the baby, I, I feel like I already know it, but yeah. Well... Let's talk about your shirt. Yeah. You're wearing your green shirt. The green. But, but the collar is drooping. Yeah. So that's telltale sign for me, number one. <laughs> because when I, I rarely do reuse shirts. Yeah. Like I'm generally a one and burn guy. Because, but the, the one, the one factor of me making, well, two factors. There's two factors. One factor is pit smell. Okay. I, I check pit smell one. Two. How's that collar looking? If the collar's nice and strong, obviously, of course, if there's any stains, that's immediately out. But the but the pit smell and, and the strength of the collar, those are the two things. Now, the pit thing, does that come with the stain? Are you a pit dude? I to, I don't know. I know no. we met. I met Pit Clark one time. The stain? No, I don't. I don't. I don't typically have a staining issue. How terrible would that be? How many documentaries have you watched yeah. where there's like a cool character and then he'll get excited and put his arm up and you're like, I don't know why. But well, when I there's a pit stain, they instantly lose points with me. Whereas the white, I don't wear a ton of white shirts. I know. I don't, dude, I don't fucking sweat. But I also don't have a skunk underneath my arm that yeah. sprays fucking yellow filth. That's never been a problem. But if I wear a white shirt, the collar will immediately turn brown. Like I could just be yeah. like, I don't know what the fuck that is. It's a curse. Somebody you put have on me. mud on your neck. I don't know. I think I wronged a witch, and yes. <laughs> all my white shirts are just doomed. It's very possible. Yeah, but I today I feel rough. Cliff is uh, he likes to get up and party at in the middle of the night. Well, yeah, living that daddy life. Oh, I know. It's it's um rewarding, but today I am rough. So bear with me. Me and David already got into it when he landed. Oh boy. <sighs> Fucking idiot. Well, we're all very much looking forward to punchy <laughs> Russell. I'll tell you right now, he's not excited we're talking about Neil Breen, but we can get into that oh, later. Yeah. He should be. Yeah. I know someone who is probably also not excited that we're talking <laughs> about Neil Breen. It's Randy Michael Stat. That's me. What's up? I don't know, Randy. I'm very excited to hear uh, your two's Hell review. Yeah. Uh, so we'll we'll just that's just a, a nice little tease for what uh, to expect this episode. But uh what's going on? Uh, not much, man. I've been, uh, hanging out with our in-studio guests all weekend. We did a pod yesterday or on Friday. We went and saw Neil Breen's new film yesterday. Now we're, uh, we're here again today. Randy, I'll give you the honor of introducing your in-studio guest as he is in your studio. Sure. <laughs> uh, co-host of the, the Vinyl Floor podcast, uh, and, uh, singer of the band Clot, uh, Christian Perez is here. Hello, again. hello. Thank you for having me back, y'all. Hell yeah. Nice to be here. And I, I am very honored to be here in celebration of subjecting Randy to a Neil Breen <laughs> film. I was overjoyed to, to experience that with him. I have, it makes us, everyone's happy across the board. Once <laughs> yeah. we figured out that like this was going to happen, we're like, oh, well, this is the only solution for this episode 100%. is we bring you on and, and uh, we talk. Because I, I don't know. I think both Russell, I, I don't want to speak for Russell, but like I'm kind of excited to figure out if Randy, because I think there's, there are keys of this that he would appreciate. But there's also parts of Randy's brain that are just armored guards at all times. <laughs> 
that's a great. <laughs> not allowing any entertainment yeah. of that face value. I think he's going to two thumbs down. I think it's going to be a two out of 12 for him. We we did not really talk about it at all afterward oh. either. So I this is pretty fresh. Uh, <laughs> if he uh, cried, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> I did uh, log that I watched it on Letterboxd. I didn't give it a rating, but I just wrote, this is something that I watched. <laughs> oh, good. So no one I knows. Fi- I gave it five stars on that. Boy. <laughs> that boy. Fuck yeah. And also joining us behind the wall, behind, in the booth. I was going to say behind the curtain, but we're already behind the wall. It's Oksana Valeriana Osachi. Hi. Oksana, how are you? Are you equally? Well, you're, you should be always more tired. Yeah, I just. Um, you I just suck it, it up. I fake it. I, mm-hmm. I, I know how to hide how rough I feel. <laughs> there we go. Well, that's a woman. I know. That's what the women do. That's yeah. why they're better than us. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. That fact. <laughs> what can you do? Somebody's got to do the heavy lifting yeah. and let it be the people that have only been able to vote for a hundred years. Yep. It's a tough wreck. All right. Okay. We got any, uh, any little up top, up top shop. Um, yeah, very briefly. I got, I'm going to regret this immediately, mm-hmm. but did you see the frosty flavor that Wendy's came out with? Um, yes. And then it left my mind immediately because I think I rejected it. Yeah. It's pumpkin spice. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> they they yep. got rid of strawberry and it's funny how mad people are. We are, they got rid I, of strawberry. Like they, they, oh, they replaced it. They always like switch uh, out the other flavor. I've never been a huge like strawberry milkshakey guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I, I don't I like love sh- strawberry. I don't love Me strawberries, too. but, uh, I, the vanilla frosty is still very good. I like the vanilla. Mm-hmm. It's top tier. It's delicious. It's so good. You're not going to do the pumpkin? So I went to Trader Joe's no. yesterday. This is why I was going to regret They it. are knee deep in pumpkin everywhere. Like, <laughs> Trader jo- like Trader Joe's does it to a level that is just, it's parody at this point. Yeah. Of how, and I ended up, I, I brought back so much pumpkin stuff. Well, they know their clientele. You know, it's, it's. Uh, all the memes about pumpkin spice, they all shop there. Also, most pumpkins. Like if it's pumpkin pie filling, it's not pumpkin. Is that a pumpkin candle you're burning? That's a pumpkin candle. I just <laughs> caught a whiff of, dude, that was so weird. That's a pumpkin candle. I'm like, we're talking That's about right. it so much. We've conjured a demon or something. No, you did an inception, candle. dude. Dude, you're burning a pumpkin candle, but you won't try the fucking frosty. I don't have to drink the candle. <laughs> it smells like the flavor that I'm sure. Okay. Like, yeah. I, uh, forgive yeah. me for being a little thoughtful <laughs> because I know you two freaks love pumpkin. I do. So I'm like, all right, I'll put the pumpkin yeah, candle pro, on I'm today. I'm pro-pumpkin. Yeah. I'm not anti-pumpkin. I purchased probably $35 worth of assorted <laughs> pumpkin materials yesterday. All candles. <laughs> My family makes Some candles. dark chocolate pumpkin cookies that are like really fucking good. Oh, yeah. that sounds good. Yeah, they're delicious. Brandy, where are you on the pumpkin town? I'm decently pro pumpkin. I don't do a uh, pumpkin spice latte just because they're like way too sweet. Yeah, that's why I don't like they're those. Cloyingly sweet, but I yeah. don't mind the the taste of a pumpkin spice. What about a pumpkin beer? Uh, I've had them a couple on occasion. I mean, you you know, I haven't been drinking that long, so I've only had a few. But uh, yeah, yeah, they're okay. When I drank, they weren't my favorite thing usually because they were too sweet. Yeah, they feel more gimmicky yeah. than like the coffee. Yeah. yeah. Oddly enough, it's like, oh, pumpkin brew. And then you're like, mm, this is just kind of not. Had a couple good. in Boston around this time last year. Yeah, I'll be drinking them for all of October and probably through the end of September, whenever <laughs> I drink. But again, I will 
go on the record and be like, I don't really love them. Yep. You just kind of do <laughs> it. Wait, what season. are we talking yeah. about? Pumpkin beer. Oktoberfest is okay. Yeah, but I don't know if I call that a pumpkin beer. It, well, it's not. Yeah, that's it's why it's not. probably good. But I like it. <laughs> Me too. I haven't, I haven't had one in a while. No, I, but if you get like... 21st Amendment fireside yep. chat beer. I have. It's like nice and spicy. It's not yeah. a pumpkin, but it's like that was like one of my favorite seasonal it's beers good. for a while. Yeah. Yep. All the fall beers are good. 21st Amendment mm. is good. All of like Bob's Pumpkin Brewery Blackout <laughs> yeah. IPA is like, this tastes like crap. What's the one? Yeah. Is it Harvest Brewing or something? Or um, No, it's Shipyard. It's Shipyard. They've got that giant pumpkin beer that yeah, uh, I you see it everywhere. They're always disappointing. Um, but you did want to talk about that show you've been bullying me to watch up top too. Brief. Oh no, talk about how to. I yeah. finally finished it. Again, yes. um, Christian, I think you should watch it. I think I Randy will. and Randy and Clark are gonna be a little bit disappointed with my take on the end. I thought it was great, but I didn't cry. I hate to I bring didn't it cry to you. either. Yeah, me neither. I thought you guys cried. No, no, no. It was no. just it was a pro, it was it's just depressing. it was a depressing feeling. I don't know if I was depressed. I wasn't cry. Uh, it was just, I mean, yeah, because I started thinking about just what are we doing on this planet? <laughs> so that's, you know, you know what I think might have removed me from that is like having a kid. And I don't want to veer into that, well, yeah. but they get into that conversation of, of like rebirth and continuing to live. And John will, it's funny. Again, Christian, you should watch the show. And normally this would be like a spoiler, I think. It, I know his style, so you're not spoiling Yeah, anything. but yeah. the thing is that the last season, which Clark has talked about, uh, I think, um, pretty accurately, is he started to explore his own format, which is mm -hmm. interesting. And one of the things I didn't like was in the second to last episode, he uh, read the comments, I'll just say that, and got a little butthurt that people thought maybe part of his show might be fake. So then he does some fake shit in the show. Ah. I was not impressed. I actually thought it kind of compromised the platform because I thought the message was like, well, now in the finale, you know, it's up in the air. And the finale is so fantastical, but I'm a, I'm a loyalist. So I believe that he actually did find a group of weirdos who are cryogenically freezing each other, sometimes just their head in case that they can be brought back to life. And, you know, it does totally look like a pyramid scheme because the one thing they say is we don't really have the technology to thaw people safely <laughs> yet, but hopefully in the future we will. And it's kind of like one of those things you hey, read really quickly at the end a of startup, a video. That's baby. <laughs> yeah. But, the, you know, you don't come to this show for that. And I think that's what John Wilson was kind of insecure about was like, how do I find crazy footage and share it with people? What we go there for is the karaoke portion of that meeting where they do a Beatles cover, but change all the lyrics to reflect them getting their head cut off and frozen. It's wild. So even though I did, that technically might be a spoiler, I feel like it's a better tease. I want to know what <laughs> yeah, the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know what that pizza buffet is with that giant in, in like no a church pizza place. Yeah. 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 And again, I, we kind of just get a glimpse and move on. It's outside oh, of Phoenix, I believe. I know. I mean, I'm, not yeah. that you go there anymore for work, but I know. Yeah, you could miss opportunity. I, 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 I would a hundred percent have gone to that weird fucking place. <laughs> but I, you know, when y'all were saying it was depressing, I think the problem is that he gets into a conversation about like, like you said, what are we doing? Like, why are we here with an old hunchback man who, uh, 
mutilated his genitals. And yeah. I'm surprised that didn't come up when you guys talked about it. Well, because we didn't want to, <laughs> you know. I mean, if there's anything more uh, the Overlook Hour podcast <laughs> than an yeah. old hunchback man talking about how he didn't want to, he didn't like the pressure he had to hook up with women. It made him feel weird. So he yeah. mutilated his genitals. And then he was like, and I still have the feelings. And he's like, and it's, <laughs> he said, and he was like, well, did it help? He's like, no, it's worse now. <laughs> <laughs> but and, he's just so like even level because yeah. he has no testosterone. Yeah, I, gotta, I gotta watch this immediately. I And I believe, you know, I don't think he went into detail, but I couldn't help but imagine like a straight razor oh. and like a long, because yeah. he did just remove it. He did the big shave. And it's funny because I think the power it's of- It's short. Thank you so much. <laughs> Randy got it. I think the power of- It went over my head. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, did you get that? Big, that yeah. big shave. Early Scorsese. Check it out, folks. <laughs> It's on uh, Max. Not Tubi. Missed opportunity. Oh, Tubi's coming. Uh, Tubi's always coming. Um, much like that old man, Tubi was very horny and oh, still yeah. is. Uh, yeah. The I, small commercial breaks. The, the strength of John Wilson, I think, is to meet characters like that and not be afraid. And I don't mean that in like a, oh, God, I, I need to get out of here. But like, I kind of do. Because if you're in somebody's home. And you're filming them and they're talking about this really personal shit and you know you're going to put it on HBO. Yeah. There's got to be a little bit of inner conflict going on there. I don't think John Wilson is the, uh, you know, lawful good character we might have thought he was. <laughs> but see, that's the thing is like, I <laughs> I don't care. No, I. but he might have started thinking about it. Here's, I, I have, I'm 100% with him and, you know, it's the last season. I'm, I'm fine with breaking your own rules. Yeah. Because they're your rules. No, that's fine. Fuck them. I think he got a little too introspective and was like, I got to stop. I'm not trying to go to hell. Maybe, I'm, but it's also like, that show is an awful amount of work. An awful amount of work. Yeah, but it's a different kind of work than traditional film. I know, but like, I could see that just, and he's been doing that type of stuff, you know, for a while. Yeah. And like, you know, I think he did it. But what I mean by a different kind of work is. Move on. I think what he's doing is a lot of labor intensive work, but it's a kind of uh, it's got to be cathartic and you're just filming and editing and right. And you're curating as opposed to making a traditional film where you're working with actors and, and uh, I don't know, you're getting food <laughs> delivered, you know, like catering. And well, yeah, he's not built for that. No. And I, I think I would much more enjoy his type of hard work than like, Hey, uh, Amy didn't pick up the phone today. She's supposed to be topless in the scene. What are we going to do? Like, yeah. that sounds not fun to me. Amy being topless? <laughs> I mean, what's her cup size? It's just, you know, <laughs> Clark talked to her before she left yesterday. I don't know if she's coming back. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Randy. She might be under the floorboards in Randy's zone. <laughs> Listen to the vinyl Ooh, changing four podcast. That yeah, age. she's changing that air filter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, I'm. So, I didn't mean to go on that long, but I did catch up. I feel like people who are fans of How to, when that show drops, they watch it. So I don't feel like you could really spoil it. Yeah, yeah. Except for Christian. Except well, for he's me, new to. I'm it. terrible yeah. with TV in general. Thank you. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's great. Check it out. Um. Okay. Did you want anything else up top? Uh. No. Thank you. Um. Oksana, she's the professional one. So if we have anything we're supposed to plug or anything we forgot about, she'll remember because she's very accurate and detail oriented. That's right. Leon. So Oksana. <laughs> I 
had a question. Oh no. I have an answer. Is that was that always the IMDB description for how to? An anxious New Yorker who attempts to give everyday advice while dealing with his own personal issues? Checks out to me. I mean, it's a little too good for IMDb. <laughs> I feel like it's new. It's pretty anxious. IMDb would be like, he blows up a car in the second to last episode of the season. <laughs> it's like, thanks, IMDb, you fucking idiot. Um, that's it? Okay, so we got no other stuff? Nope. Okay, good. Then, um, uh, again, I'm a little hesitant here. He's He's... I'll just introduce him. Okay. Sounds um, like you had some direction. I'm point. very tired and I just couldn't put up with it. Oh, you snapped at There's him. a little bit. Yeah, there's a little bit of an internet. If he brings it up, we can go into it. But okay. if not, it, don't worry about it. All right. Uh, you know, say his name and then we'll. I don't want to call him in. Candyman? What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we pay him. All right. It's the great David Lynch. Good morning. It's September 17, 2023. And it's a Sunday. Day two of weekend projects, and the fun work train is rolling. Today, I will be heading to the dining car, where I will be respectful of the serving staff and order an espresso with milk, like a latte or a cappuccino, but the espresso should have a golden foam. If it does, I'll leave a fat tip. And today, while I'm working with Rebar, I'll of course be listening to the Vinyl Floor Podcast. Oh, come on. Christian and Randy are the best <laughs> podcasting pair on the radio. And a final warning. Fucking if Russell boo. mentions Twin Breen, you'll need a new cultural icon to underpay. Everyone, have a great day. I told you. <laughs> Him coming in with this cross-promotional bullshit. I know. <laughs> He's going to get fired. So, you know, here's the thing. They don't have any money either. Yet. I don't know. Are we talking about Kate up top? <laughs> I don't know. If we, I'll, we remind me. I'll bring it up. Well, yeah. So, uh, big, big weekend over there in Atlanta, Georgia. As, oh uh, as the Neil Breen train continues to roll across this country. Uh, sans Le- <laughs> sans Neil Breen. Yeah. <laughs> Just his movie. I don't know. I don't know if he's a public appearance guy. I don't think he is. Like, is he even the interview guy? I don't, I don't think I I've, haven't, I've looked and I haven't found much. He, by all accounts, he, he doesn't want, he's not in on the joke of this at all. Like he doesn't laugh like we do at this. But does he understand? Because he has to understand because <laughs> Cade the Torture Crossing is, is objectively funny. So, so funny. last week on the show, we talked about, we got very excited when we heard Christian, you were going to go see it. And we're like, fuck, we got to get him on here. And we talked about having Jake from uh, the State Farm, from uh, <laughs> yeah. Jake Isgar from um, Alamo Drafthouse. Mm. And I never reached out to him. I'm like, I don't know. It's already going to be a mess. And we got a hard out today, oddly. But Jake, I did talk to him about Neil Breen, and he is convinced that Neil Breen is aware of the fandom, too. Okay. okay. He thinks that Cade is a uh, reflection, much like Big Shark. Are you a Tommy Wiseau guy? Yeah, I've been waiting for Big Shark to come to Atlanta. Okay. Well, yeah, I really want to see it. When you watch it, you'll probably agree that you can tell with Big Shark that Tommy okay. kind of understands where he is culturally. Okay. And even even when they understand, they really don't know what to do with it. So I totally believe that. Okay. Because yeah, yeah, I mean, Cade like is the most nonsensical thing that he's made. 
Like, <laughs> yeah. it's it's absurd. It's like literally every funny bit of his other movies just happening one after another, after another, after another. Because uh, I've seen Fateful Findings and I saw Twisted Pair in theaters as well. Oh. Yeah. So this is my second Breen movie at the same movie theater. Um, and this crowd was even bigger and louder and better. <laughs> we had like now, 50, 60 people at our screening. Yeah. How many does it hold in that room? It's probably uh, like 200. 200. The big theater is yeah. like pretty big. It's probably oh, like shit. Alamo's Theater One. Uh, I'd say a little less wide and more back, like sort of more traditional. Theater One's like what, just under 300? It's over 300. Okay. It's a little over 300, like 324. Or okay. I'd say ours is about 200. But with Breen, they did, I think it was Theater Five. Oh, no, maybe it was Theater Five. And, and we probably had Theater Five, I know, was like right at 100. We probably had 70. Well, I thought we were going to the first one, but uh, Jake was like, no, we did an earlier showing, and that might have been theater one. I don't know. I think everything was five, because okay. I had looked at the tickets, but um, yeah, because I think it was just a Thursday before, but... Um, but it looked like the, the what the, is the plaza, right? Mm-hmm. Is that the thing? Mm-hmm. How the fuck could I forget that name? Randy mentioned it every goddamn week. <laughs> they, it looks like they did it up, though. They had the spotlight up there. Yeah. yeah, they do that for that theater. If it's sh- being shown there, they'll project it onto the big curtain uh i always forget that so walking in and seeing it it just made me bust out laughing that's so tight so what did you think like (laughs) you know i loved it so our our journey with it was we watched twisted pair and the bar was really low for me yeah because i felt like we were doing it wrong too like how did you meet how did you get introduced to breen did somebody like show you or uh i I don't know how, but I know it was, it had to have been online somehow, just being on Reddit or YouTube or something and came across uh, Fateful Findings specifically. So I watched that with friends years ago when it was more accessible online and then kind of forgot about him and then saw that Twisted Pair was coming to theaters whenever that came to theaters a few years back and went and saw it. And I had a great time, but I also told Randy, I was like, I remember that movie being like two hours long. And it's and it's under an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Whereas Cade, I felt uh, what did didn't slack like the other ones. I really had a great time with Cade uh, overall. But my history with Breen has started with fateful uh, findings and no more books and all that shit. See, that's the thing. He has to be aware of 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 the public's perception of the movie. Cause like Christian nailed it. It's, it feels like a best of yeah. from all his previous movies of the funniest bits. And he is just hammering and hammering and hammering with that. The dance sequence alone, oh, like was yeah. just truly like beyond I expectation. And just like, there's no way, like, what is, this? <laughs> what is this? I mean, the, the first, time. like, uh, what, like first two minutes, he crosses a green screen street and gets hit by a bus. <laughs> that was pretty good. It started off pretty strong with that. It was a, it was a good joke. That did, I did hear Randy laughing. Oh, I laughed oh. plenty of times. It was uh, yeah. a very fun, uh, pretty lively crowd. All the, um, the shots where they would like go to the audience in like a big auditorium, the stock footage, like clapping and like getting up and clapping, everyone would clap or get up and clap. Yeah, like our audience that. would follow whatever is happening <laughs> yeah. in the movie. Yeah, yeah. right. So decent uh, amount of uh, crowd participation, which was which was fun because I can't imagine they've all seen it before, but everyone just kind of got on board to do the same thing. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I, I had a good time. 
That was, it's interesting hearing you say that, Randy, because yeah. I, again, I don't think it's like people drinking a Milwaukee's Beast or Neil Breen fans. I think a lot of film fans. Talking about real Americans, yeah. brother? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, again, I think it's a lot of film fans because you show up and unlike any other fucking movie, like if you're going to Barbie Hammond, you can't. Uh, one day you'll get that. I can't right. say it You'll right. get it right one day. It's better than Barbie Hyman, which I've been saying. But for sure. So <laughs> Barbie Heimer, uh, you go there with like an expectation and you're the fucking god of cinema with the gavel. But you show up here and you can never guess what is going to happen. <laughs> and there's something that's really free about that. And it's kind of like you're watching film for the first time. And I don't know. I It's like. It's why I get so mad at you because I'm like, Randy, <laughs> these are like the candy for you. This guy's breaking all of the rules. Like he doesn't even understand them. What's well, that's the thing. I think all everyone in in this conversation, we're all we have our niche. Everybody's got a niche. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, our niche is pretty narrow and sometimes the niches run into other niches. And that's why we have such a weird thing. And it's it's like comparing. I think it's. I think because of Cade the Torture Crossing, it, it makes the comparison between him and Tommy even more yeah. apparent. Yeah. Um, because I think that they both are coming off probably their most successful ventures in terms of what they're uh, – in terms of expectations and what they okay. can deliver. Because yeah, you got to be careful there. Because Big <laughs> Shark was fantastic. It, because it's oh, so, so it makes it. zero sense, but it's perfect because you like Tommy. Well, it's and proof, he's insane. It's proof that Tommy is authentic, a hundred percent. And that's that. and that and that is the spirit of those movies. And also, I would say the cast of that movie was also very important because his firefighter buddies, like they're all in it together, and it's so dumb, but it's great. Did you watch then, that neighbor show he did? Yeah. I watched. Yeah, I did not. I did not watch the whole thing, but I Me saw. Neither. I saw the first episode in theaters with Tommy. Okay. They did it at, back back in the day when he used to come to the. It's clay literally theater. a porno with no sex. Like it's insane. Yeah, it's it, so bizarre. Dude, I saw that in a packed clay theater too. <laughs> God, I I've swear seen, to like, God, the first two or three episodes. That shit is is a kind of unwatchable because like nothing happens. Yeah. In it. Yeah. You and know, they're all it, just like shilling his underwear. Um, yeah, it oddly parallels with, um, uh, sex house, a reality show that the onion did that is available on YouTube, but have you ever seen the Tommy Wise show? Oh no. Oh, that's fantastic. We had Brock Laborde on five years ago. At least. Chicken scientist. Yeah. Which I did eat some blue chicken eggs yesterday and I thought of Brock. I was like, I wonder, yeah. I wonder if we can get them. Because reporting from Brock, <laughs> chickens lay all sorts of colors so of eggs. Brock Laborde is a serious dude who I think made a documentary about guns, yep. like a real one, and then worked with Tommy on a YouTube show called Tommy Y Show where he got him to do like Let's Plays with video oh, games. Wow. I highly recommend watching that. It's But a, he's he's been abducted by an alien. And in order oh. to get his uh, freedom, he has to play these video games. I'm vaguely familiar with this. I have not watched. Yes, I'm vaguely familiar with that concept. Okay, cool. But that feels a little like a human produced it, right? <laughs> like that's not what we want from Cade. No. Well, sure. <laughs> but, but he's letting Tommy do his thing. So we're still getting, we're yeah. getting full Tommy. But it's like, oh, an adult is in charge here. Yeah, you the do crate. not get that with Big Shark. More you get Cade. that, l yeah, or, or Cade. with Cade. 
But but Neil Breen's a different type of person than Tommy. Neil Breen comes 100%. from the real estate world. You know <laughs> that what I is mean? His background? Yes. It's real he's, estate. Okay. He, he's yeah. a real estate agent and um we were discussing if he's an IT guy yesterday, and then I said, Oh, if he was an IT guy, maybe the movies would look a little bit better. If he was an IT guy, he would know what AI is. In sure. Twisted Pair, it's clear he has no idea. I mean, have a, most of his movies, he's some sort of AI. And <laughs> yeah, he's technically yeah. a sequel to Twisted Pair. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. that is that is how we went. Because I saw that um, the Alamo was going to show Cade the Torture Crossing. And I was like, all right, I guess now's the time mm-hmm. for me to jump into Neil Breen. Because I've known about it for a while. But, I mean, Twisted Pair came out, what, 2017? Yeah, something like that. So it's been a long time. So I'm like, okay, it's now's the time to get in. And I I told uh, Russ and Oksana, I was like, all right, here's the plan. This is is a sequel to this movie from 2017. I'd like for us to watch this movie and make a decision if we want to follow up with the sequel. That's how we're going to do it. And so that's what we did. Twisted Pair, you were pretty meh. Overall oh, yeah. with it, it just kind time. of, it was great until it wasn't. I felt bad because I felt like we were doing it wrong. We just kind of were trying to catch on to the cultural wave. Yep. Yeah. And I'm like. I get it. I And on top of that, I felt like I needed context. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm not, I felt like I was experiencing it wrong. And like Christian said, dude, it was not a like breezy watch. No, no. Uh, like I had a blast with it because I saw it in theaters with an audience. Uh, and so like that is really why I enjoyed Twisted Pair. But I don't want to rewatch that one. I would rewatch <laughs> no. Cade. Uh, all day. Oh, but right not, now. Like Twisted Pair. It, it also, <laughs> Twisted Pair actually takes place on in a location, whereas Cade is 100% green screen. Mm-hmm. I or think, yeah. footage. It has Whereas, to be. Because Twisted Pair took place, it was like a laboratory, but it was at a community college or yeah. something. It yeah. was like the, the front of a community college. Yeah. So was he, was <laughs> I don't he even not know if he was that? allowed to be there because it was at night know. every time he was there. <laughs> was he not in that Ferrari? <laughs> in, oh, wait, did he not fight that tiger? Oh, oh my God, the tiger. <laughs> yeah, can, can you all break it down? I'm curious what you thought. And then remember to give us your star rating out of 12 after. That's right. 12, we, do a 12, oh, so, yeah. we do a 12 star rating now. It's the most Beautiful. efficient rating. Uh, understood well, which people you know, do not like by the way just so y'all know <laughs> people fucking hate this 12 star thing <laughs> we're on brand baby well you know me and that my brain is partially broken and that it's hard for me to separate uh having a decent time and judging a movie being a movie so i will say that i had a really good time uh i had a better time than i thought i probably would but would i watch it again Maybe in a theater with people, but I would not watch it again at home. Uh, it's yeah, it's pretty nonsensical, but it is uh, whether intentionally or unintentionally, it's funny uh, quite a bit of times. But uh, yeah, you know, it gets a little repetitive, and there's some scenes that drag on a little too long. Specifically, the like five endings that, that there are. Oh yeah, that's that's the calling card of uh of the yeah. brain. I have a question specifically because you yeah. have brought up about a reason you dislike bad movies like this is that it can, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but kind of feel mean. It can feel mean. It can feel like bullying a bit. How did you feel about that within the context of Cade and the audience and everything? Yeah. I think I like briefly mentioned it when we were walking back to our respective vehicles, but uh, I don't know. It it feels like whether it is or not, I obviously don't know, but the choice to do everything green screen and uh, stock footage is such a, 
different aesthetic choice that it kind of feels like he's playing in a different realm than Tommy who looks like, or from what I know, it seems like he actually like was really invested in movie making and he made a movie that I think from what I remember looks decent, but the people in it and the parts in it and the way that it's edited together just is nonsensical and doesn't really make sense. And it's kind of unintentionally funny, but it looks like he was really striving to make something like good, you know? And I don't know the, the aesthetic choice for me here. It also feels like early internet. Like I know you talked about that, uh, when we talked about it several weeks ago too. So I don't know. It didn't feel, um, I don't know, as mean to me, I guess, for whatever reason, I, I was able to get more on board. Yeah. In the world that people love like skinnamering, I'm like, here's another internet horror where you're like trapped <laughs> in your Google image search and you're just going through like, you know, haunted hospital. It's <laughs> like <over> surreal. <laughs> like, yeah. It was a surreal experience, man. But yeah. to mention, to, to throw in for Tommy a little bit, um, he also abused green screen just in a more confusing way. Yeah, so yeah, when yeah. you read that book, uh, The Disaster that, Artist, yeah. they talk about how he recreated the top of a building and Rather then greens using the top of and, the building. Yeah. But, you know, like Neil Breen, he also owns buildings yeah. in literally yeah. like for some reason. Do you yeah. know how do these guys have so much money? Well, that's the thing with Tommy. Well, again, Neil Breen is a uh, luminary in the Las Vegas real estate gang. Yeah, but Vegas. fucking yeah. Tommy owns like prime real estate you, in Bay Tommy Area. Do you, yeah. Wealthy. Yeah. Do you know what building Tommy owns? Which one? Um, on uh, there's a few, and I know a couple are on like, hate. Like there's, it's like the block behind Pier Thirty Nine. Yeah, I know it. And where the spy shop is. Yeah, he owns that building. You know how I knew that. Because in the Disaster Artist book, they talked about how Tommy had like five American flags on there. And if you drove over the Bay Bridge, you could see it. Yeah. And I remember going, and it's like, they're all different sizes too. There's a giant one and a bunch of little ones. That's the building he owned. Hell yeah. So, if, I mean, if you were out here, you probably saw it. But I think we're kind of like, this is part of the enigma, is that they're both somehow good businessmen. But whatever it takes to do that does not translate to art. Yeah, and that's what makes it great. Yeah. but Well, it does translate to art, just in a different way. Because art is art. But movies are a very produced and structured thing. Like, it, there is a formula to making a movie. And these guys come in, and they're like, I know. Yeah. They're just, they, they just reimagine things. And that, I think that's where the magic lies. Honestly, yeah, but- what this, re- <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> what this movie reminded me of with the use of green screen and shit was like Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Just one but way better. Millions but of dollars. Way better. Yeah. I don't, I feel like the green screen aesthetic is um, intuitively counter cinema. Like there's just <laughs> something about it. And it, that's why I think it's Skinnamarink because mm. that movie got so popular, but it's so. Like not just uncinematic, but like polar opposite. Yeah. yeah. Everything's like blown out, all the images. Yep. It's just like fuzzy and yeah. Yeah, but you're still telling a story with moving pictures. So I'm like, it has to count. <laughs> I don't know. Like it's like a slideshow. I'd watch Cade all day over Skinnamarink. Although I did I like Cade you- before Skinnamarink again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Randy. I'd probably watch Skinnamarink again. Oh, I didn't my hate God. I didn't hate it either, but I like I didn't Cade hate it either. I more. did. Fuck it. 
<laughs> but you know, Skinnamarine gives the better group movie. <laughs> you really want to get a group of people oh, together. Yeah, for sure. I can't imagine being able house. to uh, immerse in a Neil Breen movie not in a theater. That's fair. No, that fair. Uh, completely fair. And that's yeah. the thing. And that's why, that's why, you know, I think the way that we did it is the best way to do it. Yeah, yeah. you got to be trapped a little bit. And I'm glad. Yeah, and we, uh, we 100% trapped Randy. So it's like it's, <laughs> everything worked out. You got to know inside. I sat on the aisle to make sure. Whoa. Yeah. I did get to pee once, though. I had two beers. Big boy. <laughs> yeah, he had, he had two beers and had to get up to pee at some point. But uh, he didn't what, miss right. the dance sequence. What did you miss, Randy? I, I, don't, I know that's an impossible no question. <laughs> yeah. Christian, do you remember when Randy left? No, I was transfixed. I have no idea. Right. He could have floated over me. I think I do specifically remember waiting for a scene to end, quote unquote, before I left. All right. So you, you saw the tiger. <laughs> oh, yeah. My okay. favorite is when he uses the stock footage of a regular tiger, but just makes it black and white to make mm-hmm. it look like it's the Siberian tiger. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, it kind of does hark back to uh, genre filmmaking of the 80s. Like when you watch those Filipino movies or things, oh, they yeah. just take, you know, they don't have the production to make it. They just take it. Yeah. Use what and they re- can, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's elements of filmmaking in here. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't mean for there's that to be mean. elements of filmmaking in this movie. Not, <laughs> e- not Echoes of Vertigo. No, not Echoes of Vertigo. But elements of filmmaking. Um, Christian gave it a five. You know, I wish I came out of it and was more confident. I give it a four and a half and it really haunts me. Which again, if we, why did you... Because of the because I gave uh, Twisted Pair a five and that's wrong. So I if Correct. I'm like if I then <laughs> gave it like had such a blast, this is definitely a five. Yeah, I think I gave Twisted Pair a three. I would just bump like it a- down for sure at this point. I was just really hyped from the screening. This though, like I truly have not seen something quite this nonsensical in a very long time. Man, it was so good. I, I really want to be on the it. record. Cade the Torture Crossing is a 12 star. It's a 12. Film. For me, it's a 12 star film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, it's a 12 star I gave it like a 10. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing? You're it was, it was insecurity that led me there. Were you tired then? <laughs> I was in my head too much. And I'm like, is there room for improvement? Further and in I- there. <laughs> Randy, what'd you give it? Out of 12. Yeah, if you're going to rate it. Six. Out of oh, 12? Wow, dude. <laughs> Yeah, I'll that's go down a, the middle. That's not terrible. That's a two and a half okay. out of five. God damn it. Does anybody Hell have yeah. the chart? <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's like the fucking Zodiac. We got to look. Down the middle is how I roll, baby. Randy, you had a good time. What is a six? Can you look not that even up? A seven. Um, I'm looking it that's up on bully, the updated. Randy. The updated colorblind yeah, friendly wait, wait, wheel. Wait, what? The updated colorblind friendly wheel. That um, There's oh. an updated version? I told you. Yeah. Well, if you tell me off air, it didn't happen. It's okay. Oh, well, it's it's a, if a tree a, falls in the forest. It's also got a conversion table for a 10-star, 5-star, 4-star, and 2-thumbs. A 2-thumb? Okay, here's the- <laughs> Can I'm you pull sorry. it up? Here's the thing. We have a fucking guest on. We should have been able to prime him on this. God, he, he looks like a fool now. He gave it a 12 and not even on the, the colorblind chart. So we'll have to revisit that. To close the book on Breen, though, I did- um, The book of Breen. You know, David came up and he had that reaction. And I'm like, what? Why? Like David Lynch doesn't even comment on shit like this, but I did a little bit of internet sleuthing and uh, we have the usual suspects to blame. The red letter media guys. No, they covered this briefly. And I believe one of them referred to twisted pair as being uh, his Lynchian adventure. 
<laughs> and so they showed a couple of shots from it. And I believe there's one in particular where he's sitting in an empty theater alone and the lights shut in on him. And he's in like, and they're like, you know, he has to be influenced by Lynch. And because when you have a big following, people do shit with it. So if y'all want to have a, a little, uh, if you want to treat yourself later, go onto YouTube and look up um, Twin Breen. Somebody, they did a David Lynch in mashup of Neil Breen in a scene it. from a movie. And I would I'd, say Kate is way more Lynchian than Twisted yeah, Pear. I don't know. But honestly, I don't, I don't, I would not put it past Breen to have never seen a David Lynch movie in his life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, <laughs> you know, the one problem with Kate, the torture crossing. What? Now it just still does not affect the 12 star rating. I want that to be very clear. I'm nitpicking here. But the one thing I would have liked more was a little bit more of Kale. Because I do, I like Kale oh, the, a lot. Is that the brother? That's yeah. the brother. Okay, yeah, he was hardly in this movie. Now, except the, for the, the kidnapping constantly. The only thing Kale did was look at all the prescription bottles and figure out what he wanted to steal. <laughs> well, I, There were about five and scenes and of that. He constantly kept just pulling things from bottles, not ever shooting it up anywhere. <laughs> it made no fucking sense. I, now, I think Randy... And having on, headaches on staircases. <laughs> Randy will be on the same page as me. I think Cade and Kale, I think um, Kale in this movie was more of a metaphor for like the lingering haunting attitude in a hospital, like the pain that kind of permeates the halls of a corporate building. Especially, I mean, you know, Neil more than anybody. Yeah. I mean, he's a CEO. He, he bought this building to do good, but he had never even been in it. He drove and past he, it. He shows up he drove past he yeah. and he, <laughs> it didn't occur to him that it was already overgrown by nature. <laughs> but, <laughs> it's so insane. But, you know, I think it's just the, you know, the fear that um, most Americans have when they go there. Maybe it's insurance related. I don't know. He fixed he fixed their Ford Explorer. Kale is the fear that most <laughs> Americans have when going to a hospital. Well, and it's the fear that, you know, your loved one that you fell out of touch with, who last time you talked to him beat his girlfriend, <laughs> might be in there. He might be a patient at some point, and the doctors are a little Kevorky in there. So, you know, you want to do not, the right thing. Not that blonde lady with the legs, though. <laughs> the doctor? I don't know what she was. Half the time she was evil, the other half she was banging Breen. Um, you should look her up on IMDb. Dr. Bimbo Face. <laughs> well, yeah. We went yeah. uh we we briefly did that and she's got a long lustrous career. What ah. no, all the Russell, her credits, like she has 12 credits. 8 of those were 2022. Yeah. <laughs> it was wild. Yeah. It really blew up for her that year. <laughs> um but, you know, to close the book on the Lynchian thing, uh, I think a lot of people latched onto that because if you remember in Twisted Pair, they have that like mafia character whose voice is slowed down. Yeah. And he's like, or, and, and a lot of people say that's very Twin Peaks. Why does Twisted Pair sound like it's a Mike's Hard Lemonade new? It does. <laughs> or some Zevia uh, like drink. A, a testicular right. hernia. <laughs> Dude, are you going to use that for clot? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> that would be tight. Dude, that'd be a good opening act for you, dude. <laughs> Testicular hernia. Twisted, twisted pair. pair. That's right. Yeah. Fuck yeah. That's a good double bill. All right. So Randy gave it a fucking half. What? <sighs> Randy, that's unacceptable. We're, we're bumping you up to like a 3.5 equivalent. I think um, it was a mediocre, tolerable middling. No. Hell yeah. Mediocre. So it's mediocre. Like my personality. Okay, Randy. You're Nobody's about, buying yeah. that. Look at how many mirrors you have in your house. You don't believe that. Um, oh, I guess you would, because that would be shallow. That's right. Um, so I looked up Neil Bream's official website because I kind of wanted a shirt. 
Clark got a really cool big shark shirt. He has no fucking merch. Yeah. What the fuck? He's a real estate dude. He's missing he out on money. hundreds of dollars. Oh. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'd so buy on neilbreenfilms.llc or llc.com. Now the headers, the categories of the uh-huh. website. Mm, he's got home, filmography, uh-huh. brainiverse. Oh boy. That may, I, he might be a little bit more self-aware than we think. Yeah. Then it goes to gallery, trailers, Neil Breen store. Okay, I told you I was feeling a little rough today. Other oddities and contact Neil. So, so there's I think, Neil Breen store though. So does he have shirt or is it empty? I, I, I hope. I'm clicking on it. The man, the myth, the legend. You contact. can buy. Uh, it's here. Neil's latest and greatest. Not available for purchase yet. But here it is to go when it becomes available. Cade the Torture Crossing. Um. Oh, Neil Bream film retrospective. Yeah, uh, it's like two and a half hours. I've I've seen bits and pieces of it online. This website is a hunk of shit. <laughs> Twisted pair. He so mentions it Tommy looks like Geo City. He mentions Tommy <laughs> where? Okay, it doesn't matter. We don't have to get that far. Oh, two thousand six yeah. double down. No longer available for purchase. So I did see on um uh red letter media that they bought the movie from him and it comes in like a CDR jewel case. Yeah. yeah I've seen f- that too. Yeah. I hate that. God, I hate well, that. Well, he burnt it himself. I th- which is fine. Yeah. But so does Nigel Bach and he'll give you a fucking cover at least. That's so. Fair. That's fair. <gasps> okay. I'm sorry. I clicked a button. So uh, all the, it said other oddities as a part on Neil Brain's website. You click on other oddities and it says... The competition and has a picture of Tommy Wiseau. It does, yes. <laughs> but then it also links to his website. The and James okay. Newen. Yeah, who's James? Oh, that's the Birdemic guy, isn't it? Oh, yes, it is. Oh, you know what? We need to contact him and be like, "You got to throw on a couple other directors here." I've yeah, never oh, watched yeah. Birdemic. You know, now I'm gonna again because so Christian's here. Fun. I have to do this. Um. Uh, Terrell, who you should meet, and Randy can fill I've you seen in on. Some of the I've seen some of their videos and shit on the Blu-ray Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so he, uh, oh god, we do horror boner. It's like a video thing on YouTube, uh, and we decided that we were going to start looking at his horror pack exclusives. <laughs> Again, horror pack is a um horror subscription company where if you pay like I think it's twenty five dollars a month, they'll send you a package of four Blu-rays. They're all horror. But <laughs> one is guaranteed to be an exclusive. So we watched one that, again, I, I signed a contract that I wouldn't cover it on this show. But uh, it's called Fangs Out. Okay. And it's about a group of people who are going to uh, Tijuana to get plastic surgery. Uh, but they didn't realize that they were going. <laughs> the illegal um, surgeon that they found happens to be a vampire. Hell yeah. And I was like, hey, this sounds like it will be bad and fun. And I know you like that. Yeah. But it is beyond that. It is, <laughs> it is, it is micro budget. Like it's one of those movies where the director is an actor, a producer, an editor, the Foley guy, everything. Yeah. But there's a full crew too. Okay. And you you when you're watching the movie, you could play the game of which one is the director, because there's a couple of dudes who might be. <laughs> this movie is very outsider art. Much cool. Much so that I need to figure out um, if anybody's selling their exclusive Blu-ray on on eBay. <laughs> cool, hell yeah! Because it's very in this wheelhouse. So fangs out. Fangs That's out. for you, Randy. Don't watch it. 
Laces out. <laughs> I'll definitely keep an eye out for this shit. I am all about that. Looks yeah. like it's on Tubi. It's oh, on Tubi? Yes. Tubi, yes. you're doing God's work. Yes, they are. Bless them. Okay. I feel bad. I feel like we, we trapped Christian talking about that forever. When you have another show that I'm, I'm very interested to hear what you think. Oh, the about what? The telemarketers? Yeah. Yeah. I uh, had an absolute blast with this. I threw it on um, one day while working remote just to have something on and got completely sucked in and watched all three episodes in a row. <laughs> yeah. How, how long are they? They're like an hour each, maybe? Yeah, about. Something like that. Yeah. 45. Yeah. I think the last one might be a little bit longer, like an hour 15 or something like that. But uh, yeah, they just it's uh, I don't know if y'all have covered it uh, or whoever's covered it on here. But uh, the characters in that show, man, are just uh, real. Real. (laughs) I know. It's fucking insane. Like just literally nodding off from heroin while in the middle of your day job and people are like encouraging it. It's what and crushing it and crushing it. Like you're the best salesperson the place has. Well, have have any of y'all like I'm guessing Clark and Randy haven't. But Christian, have you ever worked a job like that? Not to like that level, but I've worked enough customer support roles that I, I know people who would go out and do other drugs and stuff on their breaks and whatnot, not as like heavy duty as heroin, but now, because the thing about this show, because y'all recommended it to me and the aesthetic is perfect, but I almost feel like I'm, I'm getting a little bit of a brain guilt like Randy had, where I almost feel like I'm laughing at my friends. I've, I've worked many a job and you know, one of them I've talked about in here before when I worked at Friday's, uh, you know, I'll use his name, Charlie. Fantastic waiter. He could take fucking 16 tables at a Birdman? time. No, he was a um, skinny black dude who was hilarious. But he also was the same guy who they found passed out in the bathroom with uh, his uh, wiener in his hand and um, some Coke on the uh, toilet paper dispenser. <sighs> what a night. But... He's also the type of dude who could take 16 tables, yep. not write down a note and be the best. He would make near a grand in cash. He would just crush it. He's the type of waiter who you'd have a, a fucking not fun table. And they'd be like, hey, do you accept EBT? And he was like, you can't pay with it, but you can tip with it. He's one of those motherfuckers. And I, when I watch this show... I just, I'm like, God, I've worked at these places before. And I have to say, the one thing that wasn't articulated in that first episode is how it will fuck up with how you see the world. Because everything starts to look like a, a, like a, like a facade. Because you kind of get in this mind space where you're like, everything's fucked. They're doing drugs. Like, like kind of get into that a bit with Pat's character getting very paranoid about shit and that may be the drugs but he was clean at the time <laughs> maybe the drugs but he was clean he got clean for a space of time before uh spoiler he gets clean um but he was clean oh, for a time didn't yeah. see that coming yeah so Pat, pat's the best man you gotta finish it just for just to see pat's story to the end he's the absolute best episode three is uh it's something else it's truly so- rewarding yeah how did they legally make this show? Did I don't anybody... fucking know. Because it's all real. It's a dude working at a job that is pure chaos. And he's I guess because the company it. already got like litigated and is gone. They can just show all of this shit now. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Also, CBG yeah. had an office in Modesto, California. Fuck yeah. Sure they did. So I mean, tight. 
It's appropriate. Uh, well, you know, the filmmaker, he got the right people to, to see it because uh, Roughhouse saw it. So that's Danny McBride and okay. um, Jody Hill Bruce. and um, right. David Gord Green, those guys. And then also the Safety brothers. Yeah. So it's like, um, you know, they got some they got some heft. God, it's 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 cool. It's like um, investigative uh, documentary meets trash humpers. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Yeah. And if you already have a a bent like being like, man, fuck cops are so corrupt. This just does not help that at all. I want to say this though. Way worse. <laughs> Pat Pespis is great. I love him. But I'll say this in episode three when he does not get on the airplane. I got mad at him. I, I was got like, angry, but it I was like, "Fuck you, dude!" It ultimately it it worked out. Yeah, and it was great. They could have done a lot of the shit they did if he had gotten on the airplane. That's true, but I'm like, motherfucker. Oh no, we're I wanted to kick that gate? little baby boy's you, ass. A hundred percent. I was like, you motherfucker will mainline heroin, but you won't get on a plane. Like, I would have lost. I would have lost my mind. Yeah. Oh, he wouldn't get on the plane because anxiety get on the, and shit? It, yeah, so they he's scared of flying. He's never they, been on a plane. They had an interview opportunity in Florida. They're at. They're not at the airport. They're at the gate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're they boarding checked. the plane. Yeah. They, they are checked. It is last call at yeah. the gate. And he's like, I, I can't do it. We're driving. Um, We're, and they drive to Florida. Now, <laughs> if somebody who's worked in jobs like this, I know many people like that. Where you're like, but you get, to, but at you're at the airport. Fuck you. But I think that's why. No, no, that's why you do heroin, because I think life is so hard for some people that sure. they just have to constant yeah, band aid. Yeah. I get it. And yeah, he was but clean then, during this point, so he didn't have his heroin to help him like chill that's out, true. get on the plane. Th- did he relapse immediately after not going on the plane? No, no, they. Dude, they he's good. Then powered, good. Then powered to him. Do you know why? He didn't stop he's smoking got- weed. He was all about the weed. That's right. And also yeah. he found Jesus. You know, that's that's a uh, that's a new thing in AA that yeah. there's actually a lot of pushback on is that a lot of people they pivot the vice, which in AA that's a no. Yeah, like you're not allowed no. to do that. Yeah. But it works for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You have I know to- a lot of people who quit drinking that needed to quit drinking and they just were like, I smoke weed and I'm fine now. Yeah. Like if it works, it works. I know. Steve O, uh, I've heard him on his podcast. I believe he calls it addiction whack-a-mole. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, dude. No, no. Steve-O's a big AA guy, and they yeah. do not fuck around with that. Yeah, like they're like, no, no, because you're you're one step away. Exactly. Like once you kind of lose control of the car, who the fuck knows where you're gonna drive? Yeah, yeah. I'm very proud with that little metaphor there. You have to finish this show because <laughs> because episode three, when they talk to the senator. Oh, okay. <laughs> we get politicians. I mean, did Newsom look good? I, Pat, I. Pat. <laughs> Dude, that guy is a reptile. Hundred percent. I mean, he slithered in there. He he was talking about he. I don't. You have to watch it. Okay, it's incredible. And Pat just is him. Yeah, and it's and that's I think that's why the show's so great is because he makes Pat the star of the show. Oh my God. And carries, you know, doing these interviews, and Pat is not good at interviews <laughs> at, all. He, at all. It's really bad. And but they comment great. on that. At one point, he's like, I, "Just Pat wants to do this," and like, "I don't really want to do it," but Pat's bad at doing. <laughs> yeah. He's like, "Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's great. That's a lot of critique I got on this show." <laughs> but every time you say Pat, I can't help it. I think a fucking Pat schmear. 
You remember that fucking Nirvana guitarist? I yeah. God, man, uh, I don't like that I, guy. That's a you problem. I know. I just have to <laughs> be transparent. <laughs> I was so. I, I thought you were going to say uh, Saturday Jeffrey Night Live. Taylor? It's Pat. Was he in that Dave Grohl horror movie? The Foo Probably. Fighter one? Yeah, I saw it. Brady, you I gave them like three and a half stars. Yeah, it was fun. I like the Foo Fighters. More you, than you like fucking the, you like Neil Breen. horror movie more than Neil Breen? <laughs> I know. Maybe. That's I Dave Grohl. Hold on. That's Dave Grohl trying to do outsider art, I feel like. 100%. Randy, you're a sucker, dude. Well, hold on. <laughs> you, know, yeah. my, you know, my tug of war with Rest Randy Taylor here. Hawkins. Well, here's, here's the thing. Rest in piss, you fuck. <laughs> uh, here's the thing. Randy, Neil Breen. Dude, where, where do Neil Breen and Matthew Barney, like, cross? Like, is there ever any, oh, right? Because, no, because you the Barney to, Breen cross. Like what makes, what makes Matthew Barney like art and Neil Breen fart? <laughs> oh, <That's> the- <laughs> I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. But, uh, Matthew Barney's got some, uh, impressive real estate too. Oh shit. <laughs> First of all, that I went to on, in a uh, Long Island city. It's pretty nice. First of all, I think Matthew Barney has to be the fart in that because the man loves shit. That is true. true. He loves poo. Christian, do you know uh, Matthew Barney? I am not familiar. But oh, I'm learning fuck. a lot just vaguely right now. Um, Randy, you got to show him. He's like Matthew, a visual artist, art, visual yeah. conceptual artist guy that like. What's the name of some of his stuff? River of Fundament and the Cremister <laughs> uh, cycle. That one I'm familiar. Yeah, the Cremister, yeah. yeah. That one I've heard the name of, but I've not seen this. So other I used than- to work with somebody who really liked that series but the people who really like matthew barney are like their highbrow art they go yeah. they know yeah. the name of all the art galleries in the town but the only thing other than production value that's different is True. what but the guy that i knew uh who liked that shit also fucked with stuff like breen like he loved oh. tim and eric and like all of that stuff too tim and eric i don't know are we gonna call them outsider art anymore i no, mean they, randy but, goes like, to back see in them the day when back they in were, the day yeah yeah and just a couple cringe daddies, dude. I actually, I went to a, um, oh God, I don't even remember what it's called anymore. Back in the day when I used to go to Comic-Con, I went to Awesome Con, which was outside where they would do, it was like anti-Comic-Con. Mm. So I got to meet like a bunch of them. And cool. uh, You went to Ghetto Comic-Con? I went to Tim and Eric's Comic-Con where they met oh, in a okay. park and oh, handed yeah. out peanut butter and jelly sandwiches <laughs> to people. But it was also the last year because they were getting popular did yeah. you get the peanut butter and jelly sandwich no but i met um david liebehart yeah. i met uh yeah i, think I know someone him. who housed david liebehart when he was on tour and he said david stayed up until like three in the morning and just kept asking about local churches <laughs> <laughs> dude salome yeah. <laughs> oh david he was here the whole time very nice <laughs> good job all right, uh, so uh, wrapping this up, Christian, out of a 12-star scale, what do you rate telemarketers? Uh, telemarketers out of a 12, I'll give it a, I'll give that a solid, wait, what What does a 10 or an 11 mean? All right, Oksana, she's got the chart up. Let's, uh, <laughs> wait, hold on, we have music if I gave this. Kate a 12, that's not changing. And of course, <laughs> the music that brings out the 12-star chart. Oksana Valerian of Osachi. 10 through 12 is good, excellent, or great. Would uh, I would do excellent. I would give it a, a 12 or a 11 then. <laughs> All right. An 11. <laughs> 11 out of 12. It's not as good as Cade, the tortured crossing, but it's pretty good. <laughs> All right. Randy, you got to show him um, Matthew Barney shit. Yeah, I do need to watch some of it. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think he'll get on well, my side. 
that there's only like a cultural veneer between the two. Yeah. Also, just to uh, restate when I watched it, Madeline and I were the only people laughing at the uh, screening that we went to. Which his, I think uh, football. I think is the honest reaction. The the need to not laugh is clearly the divide in the cultures here. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Because in the Breen crowd, everybody shows up and they're holding hands and like clapping with the stock footage. Yeah. Laughing's fun. <laughs> yeah. All right, Randy Michael. What other than uh changing your life this week? Uh what uh-huh. what what else are you gonna bring to the table today? Yeah, so uh Friday I also went to the plaza uh by myself. After work, uh, and by after work, I mean at 4.15 p.m. Daddy-o. And uh, I went and saw Outlaw Johnny Black featuring, starring, yeah. and directed by Michael Jai White. <gasps> oh, what? Fuck yeah. It's, I love like a Michael Jai White Dynamite thing. Yeah. yeah, so I believe I have never actually seen Black Dynamite, but I believe it has the same writer, and obviously Michael Jai White uh, is in this, and he's directing. Oh, he's doing uh, a black this, western. Yeah, it's Fuck essentially yeah. like a black exploitation uh, western, and it uh, essentially he his father uh, was a priest or pastor uh, when he was a young kid, and uh, he dies, and so you see the whole sort of like backstory, and he's uh, hell bent on killing Brett Clayton, who is the person that killed his father, uh, and in a weird slew of, slew of events, he meets this other pastor, and um, he ends up pretending that he is this guy because he thinks that the pastor died and outlaw Johnny Black is an outlaw and he wants to kind of go undercover. So he goes into this town where uh, this pastor is supposed to become the new pastor of this town and he has to pretend to be uh, this other guy. And uh, yeah, things ensue. There's a lot of uh, fun jokes. There's, There's not a ton of like fighting or violence, so it's not like a Tarantino type of Western or anything, but... It's pretty fun, um, and there are some good, like, you know, bar brawls and whatnot, and there's a good, like, uh, sort of final showdown towards the end that's pretty solid. But, uh, yeah, this was a very good... I Last week I mentioned I watched Pee Off after the long week of work and how I got sleepy because it's very repetitive and very yeah. artful and not much dialogue and not much going on. This was, like, the perfect way to end a uh, a long week at work. It's very entertaining. Uh, they are, they're playing the Western pretty straight. There's definitely some, a lot of jokes in there, like I said, but it's, uh, it's not really like making fun of the genre. It's playing it like pretty straight. I will say it's a little long. It's two ten, Whoa. two hours, 10 minutes. Two ten to Yuma. Yeah. I felt it dragging a little bit towards like, yeah, the second, third act. But, uh, overall I had a lot of, a lot of fun with it. Um, uh, Michael J. Chai White is very good. Um, Barry Bostwick is, is in this. Yeah. The villain bitch is, is still alive too. I forget uh, his name, but yeah, everyone, everyone's really solid in this. The two uh, actresses that play um, Bessie and Jesse uh, are great too. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, everyone's really good in it. It's pretty funny. It is PG 13, which I kind of forgot about going in. Um, so I wonder if, if it was an R, if there would be, you know, maybe some, some nudity or maybe a little more, more violence or some more gore or something, but uh, I had a good time. PG-13, really? Apparently, yeah. Christian actually let me know that when I was talking about it. I was like, I didn't realize that going in. It did make me, I did find that out from Christian before I watched it. And then I forgot while watching it. But it did make me a little less excited to see it, knowing that it was PG-13. All right. Well, uh, you've stumbled into another territory of mine, Randy. And back in 2010, 
I believe there was a uh, fantastic pair that came out. It was Black Dynamite. A twisted pair. Which was for <laughs> twisted pair. <laughs> Twins. One had their shirt unbuttoned Twins? and rolled up. The other one, perfectly clean. Um, also, I noticed my shirt. Dude, you're right. The droop is <laughs> The collar, man. Um, the collar droop is rough. Like a wizard <laughs> sleeve. Um, <laughs> sleeve of wizard. Yeah, but in, in 2010, Black Dynamite came out. And I remember watching that. And I hate a spoof. I hate it when uh, big money makes fun of like indie or like a genre and it kind of feels mean, like you're laughing at the fan base who loves this shit. And Black Dynamite's not that. It's full no. of a lot of action. It's cleverly written. I have a well, man you love crush. Walk Hard. Yeah, but that's like well done too. Yeah. It, it, there's a difference between that and Not Another Teen Movie, which is oh, kind of yeah. made hey, for like- Hey, I like Not Another I Teen Movie. too. It has its place. The spirit is different though. And the, sure. the 28 movies that came after Chris that- Chris Evans is- I mean, we're the fucking um. Black God. Dynamite feels more like an homage rather than like a spoof. exactly. Yeah, but and it's it's comedy though, and they're kind of highlighting the well, funny it's nature a heightened, of it. Yeah, Black Dynamite yeah. feels like Mel Brooks. Truly, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's fair. And um, so does classic, this feel like yeah. Blazing Sandals, Randy? <laughs> I think there is probably a little bit of that in here. Yeah, there's some some very funny scenes. Uh, one in particular, which is a reference to another old western movie, but there's one. A very funny, like sort of almost slapsticky scene um, that that I really enjoyed, and then I found out after the fact when I watched a uh, YouTube video review that it was like referencing some old western from, I think it might have even been like an Italian western or something. But yeah, very different. There's a lot of comedy in there. Well, you know, the thing is, the other movie that came out was Machete. Oh and right. Yeah, yeah. The thing about Machete was it was kind of an homage too. Mm -hmm. And it was built out of what? The fake trailer, the yeah. faux trailer for, um, uh, what the hell was that? Double grind feature house. Grind house. Grind house. Yeah. And the thing was, it was good though. Mm -hmm. Like it, it that was first a machete flick was a lot of fun. It was good. Yeah. yeah. So these came out back to back and it was kind of like, Oh, are we on to a new thing here? And uh, the answer was no. no. <laughs> like, because it kind of never moved beyond that. I know a lot of people liked uh, the second machete. I don't think I ever saw it. I did not like it's this. Not great. They, they have like, they got rid of all the practical shit and it's all like CG blood splatter and like it just looks like dog shit. Yeah. Neil Breen? <laughs> maybe, maybe by today's standards, I would have a different appreciation for it. They're not brainiacs, dude. Well, the but thing they kept also saying like one-liners, like machete yeah. don't text and stuff like that. And I'm like, this isn't funny. It feels forced rather than yeah. the first what, one, which felt more organic. Well, it felt like a fan made it of the genre. Exactly. And you're, you're highlighting the tropes. The thing that turned me off was, wasn't fucking, um, uh, who was the big like fucking coke addict at the time that uh, Charlie Shane? Yeah, wasn't he the villain? <laughs> uh, oh, I think so. Uh, maybe in the second one. Yeah, and didn't remember. they have like yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio? Like, wasn't one of the bits like, oh, in the sequel? De Niro's in one of them, I think. Yeah, I don't know. It just felt like I don't. Maybe it's because I'm elitist at heart, but it felt like everybody was trying to get in on the joke. De Niro. Yeah. Is in the first one along with Steven Seagal, Jeff Fahey, Don Johnson, Cheech Marin, Hell yeah. Shea Wiggum, the first Tom Savini. Oh, that's fine. That checks out. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Russell's and Russell's crush, Michelle Rodriguez. Oh yeah. No, my crush is fucking Michael Jai White. I'll tell you, I love him. <laughs> I wish he would do more podcasts. I've actually gone down a rabbit hole trying to find him doing an interview because huh. he's the shit. Like yeah. that motherfucker is. Like he's the, he's, he's the reason. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he was so fucking good as he's him. Fucking spawn. 
but too bad that movie. I don't have, maybe I should rewatch that movie. It's not great, but it is a lot. I think that movie's fun. I have a good time with Spawn. He's so good in it. Yeah. And he deserved to be like that big superhero. Hey, I mean, man, if you want to call him that. I'm blanking on the actor's name, the clown in the movie. Leguizamo. Leguizamo. Yeah, like they're genuinely great in that movie, both of them. Yeah, see, I hated Leguizamo for a long time. Oh. But now I feel like I'm an adult now and I can appreciate him. Fair <laughs> enough. sucks, dude. I mean, he was annoying as shit yeah. in a lot of roles. I'll give you that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll give right. you that. So, Randy, is this only playing uh, in limited theaters right now? I think it was last night and that's it. Uh, oh no! I think it's playing at an AMC around here too. Uh, so I believe it should be in theaters. I was thinking we were still talking about Cade. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Outlaw Johnny Black, I believe, should be in at least some theaters. I don't know if it's got a huge release or not, but uh, yeah, it's a fun time. I've never had a huge release in my life. <laughs> All right, Outlaw Johnny Black. I'm a, I'm excited. Very nice. Also, All right. yeah. Before we uh, leave our segment. Did you uh, rate this on the 12-star scale, Randy? Uh, I, no, I did on five. Three and a half. My okay, usual. Do 12, yeah. please. Oksana, where's the conversion chart? Also, no halfsies. Can you just have that's, that chart ready? That's God. like a 7.25 or something. No, there are no points on the 12-star. <laughs> You're not running a tying system, Randy. What was it? Uh, three he, and a half. Three and a half. Out five. Yeah, round, like him a, up four. round him up to four. Round it's like a seven and a half. Or an eight. Just rounding the four. 1.67 on a five star scale. Wait, what? what? <laughs> We're 12 stars. Wait, it's on a five. Yeah, We're I'll going from okay. What? Turn in your mind. Oh my God. <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs> All right, Randy, what else did you want to say? Yeah, while we're on our, uh, you know, talk about the plaza, although we talk about it every week, I did rewatch a movie where uh, they shoot a scene at the plaza. Oh. Yeah, I rewatched Doctor Sleep this weekend. And I still love that movie. I really enjoyed it the first time, and I think I had more fun with it this time, but I watched it. Uh, did you watch the director's cut, the longer one? I don't think I did. I watched whatever's on HBO Max, and then I when I went to go, both. maybe they do, but I just clicked on whatever the first one was. But I believe it didn't seem different mm. than the first one I had seen before, and I didn't realize there was a director's cut until I finished watching it. So now I'm like, do I got to watch, watch it again? again. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, great, great movie. I really... Uh, Really enjoy that. You kept right. talking about the villain's hat and how you wanted to get it. Rosa hat's yourself. tight, dude. Love yeah. Rosa, Rosa hat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I've uh, reviewed the colorblind friendly wheel, and I think we can cover this fairly quickly. So here, I pulled it up for you. Again, Sam, he sent it to the other email. Okay, by colorblind friendly, that does not mean that I have the vision of a dog. <laughs> <laughs> this is black and white. Do you have the power of the dog, though? Here, do you want to go, go ahead and read it? What about not- Sam Elliott over here? All right. What, what do we? I noticed that Clark appears to be struggling with the rating wheel, so I've made a colorblind friendly <laughs> version. I've also made it an easy conversion chart below. All right. No. Yeah, right, colorblind. Get- Here's the easy conversion <laughs> chart. Oh my God. I think it, it comes out to about 10 stars or 12 stars. This is. God, I, I don't. Randy, we might need you to pull it up on your end. I, <laughs> I think calculus was easier for me. Oh my God. It's really hard. It's uh, There's a chart on the top. It's rating wheel, 10 star, 5 star, 4 star, 2 thumbs. And then going down under rating wheel, it's 1 through 12. I don't know what to make of this. Oh, wait, no. I get it. Okay, Randy gave it a, on a 5 star rating, Randy gave it a 3.5. So he's about a 9 or an 8. This is <laughs> it's too far. <laughs> We jumped the shark. 
Oh, he said sharp. Love Sam. Well, everything is on a granular decimal system. <laughs> so we're not doing QuickBooks. We're trying to rate a movie. It's math, dude. It's math. <laughs> okay. Right. Randy gave it a nine, I believe. Let me double check that. Yeah. All right. A nine uh, or on a 10 star, a seven and a half, or on a, a four star, a three, or a, with two thumbs, it's one and a half thumbs. Dr. Sleep is like 10 out of 12. Uh, that seems generous. Okay, on a five star, that'd be a 4.17. There we go. All right. Uh, do you want to hear about my movie or my television show first? <sighs> Can I just hear about one? No. <laughs> okay. I assure well, you. Well, I got to go to the bathroom. So do the one uh, that's going to be really rewarding. And then you can <laughs> scold me for missing it. Uh, I'll do Asylum Blackout. Okay. Go pee. No, but that's the one I want to hear. Uh, there's not much to say. Okay, <laughs> then I'll, I'll stick around. I want you to hear wrestlers because you need oh to watch wrestlers. God. Yeah! Asylum Blackout. A group of cooks at an asylum for the criminally insane get locked in with the inmates during a massive thunderstorm. Does that sound interesting? Yes. Is it? No. Oh. Two out of 12 stars. It sounds like bodies, bodies, bodies. That's not that many. Uh, That was pretty. uh, It's not two out of 12. I'd say six. Here's the deal. Um, This is a, uh, this is available on Tubi. Tubi. We get, where's our Tubi thing? Um. You love that one so much. That's your default. (laughs) It's the Tubi theme. That, that was a stupid dude. Right, it there. says Tubi right there. Look at that guy. Get it off that screenshot. That freaks me out. All right, this is. Um, I don't. I don't really know how I ended up watching this, but uh, I went down several different rabbit holes last night, and it ended. I ended up watching Asylum Blackout, uh, which is the first theatrical. Uh, effort from S. Craig Zoller, who uh, wrote this screenplay. Um, he did not direct this. Um, and, uh, I guess, I don't know. I was just like, well, this is the opportunity for me to watch, I guess, all of his written movies. And now I can gladly say that I've done that. Yay. Is that, uh, lo- is that four films total, including the ones he's directed or well, does he, he has also, written? he has also written, uh, the latest puppet master. Oh, uh, the littlest right. Reich or whatever. Yes. He wrote that. that? Was- he wrote that. Okay. So, Weird. uh, we, we, God, we watched that, uh, whenever it, God, that was years ago, uh, when that came yeah. out. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. That one was, uh, people hate that movie. Oh, I don't think uh, I've seen it. But is that the one that's got, what's his face? Is there a Reno 911 guy in it? Yes. Uh, uh, Thomas Lennon's in yeah, that Yeah. One. Yeah. Yeah. I'm familiar. I, I just haven't seen it. And, uh, oh, uh, oh no, he's not in it, but there's a guy that looks like, um, Randy, who's the guy that I don't like that was in mystery, mystery science theater. He's the tall guy from Hawaii. Jonah, Jonah Jonah Ray. Ray. Yeah. There's a guy who looks like Jonah Ray who's in Uh. that. And that's why I don't (laughs) like him because he looks like Jonah. I don't know. Jonah Ray just annoys me. Christian, your thoughts on Jonah Ray. Ray. All right. That's fair. I would, what a world I would love to live in. Jonah Ray neutral. I would love to be Jonah Ray neutral. Asylum blackout. Here's the deal. We've got we've got some cooks in a mental asylum, and they're all bros, and they're all bros because they're in a band together. 
So that's pretty cool. We're in a band and we all work in the kitchen of a mental asylum. Neil Breen? Not a bad gig. And then there's a storm and then their power breaks out and then the people in the asylum go crazy. Uh, and then they, they want to break out and then they start killing people. Um, it's fine. I, it's, it's, there's some interesting choices here, uh, that I just stylistically, I don't know if it worked. Um, like for example, they kind of, the tone that is sort of set by the score of the movie which I think go hand in hand together. I think that that's how you set the, that's one of the ways that you can set the tone of your movie is by your score. And if the score is weird and does it can set the whole thing off. Mm -hmm. And I think the score of this is kind of set to be like a 1950s prison break movie. Oh, weird. Weird. And yeah. it's just strange. Sounds like you would like it though. But it didn't work. Yeah. I, you I, I, do you think I, he, because he's like a pulpy, because he's a novelist too, right? Well, see, that's the thing. It's like, uh, yeah, I can't say much. Uh, Russell, can you do me a favor? Can you click on uh, the director's name there, Alexander Cortez? Yeah. And see what uh, nope. what we're looking at with him. Yeah, nothing's really standing out here. A lot of music video. Oh, we oh. did a uh, Kavinsky music video. Okay, that's a band I've heard of once. The Players? I feel like you would watch that. Randy, he did a YouTube music video. Oh, yeah. You're and talking YouTube and Alice in Chains. Yeah. He did a few YouTube. Oh, he's done a lot. Oh, he's okay. He's worked. He's Apparently, he is YouTube's guy. guy. Dude, Hillary Duff, Jamiroquai. <gasps> Jamiroquai. Oh. Kylie Minogue, the White Stripe. He did Seven Nation Army. Oh. He did now. That's what I call music. The best videos of 2003. Okay. What the fuck so is clearly that? this guy is a goddamn genius and I should never question any of his decisions. I don't know. Most music video filmmakers, when they try to do a feature, yeah, doesn't they change, usually right? have the exact problem that you're Here's talking the thing. about. This movie's fine. The worst part about this movie is knowing that S. Craig Zoller did the, the uh, screenplay and I'm expecting that sort of dialogue. You don't get that dialogue. So it's, you know, his, it's not really his voice. Um, and the it's, setting and all of that definitely sounds like him. Like that, if he directed it, I think that could have been really cool. You know, last week, uh, for about, uh, no joke, I've probably seen this movie 10, at least 10 times now. And that's Brawl in Cell Block 99. I love that fucking movie. I, I watched that probably at least once a quarter. So good. I watched it on my 31st birthday. Like I I bought it on Blu-ray to watch on my 31st birthday because oh, yeah. I was like, I haven't seen this in forever and I really want to watch it. It's perfect, but it's, it's perfect so in its own way because every, because it's, it's just very, very clean and very, very simple. We know what we're doing. We know the goal we have to get to and we're working our weight. So it's, it's very much a video game movie in that way. But when it switches over from the first, the first 40 minutes, or a different movie than the remainder. Yeah. But it's very clear that divide because as soon as we see Udo Kier, it turns into an exploitation movie. Yeah. And that's when it just ratchets up. But all the work that we did in the previous 40 minutes sets up for how good the remainder of the movie work. It's perfect. Yeah. And I, I think I, I kind of learn something every time I watch it just because I, 
I don't know. I, I study it and I, that's pathetic and I need to work on that in my own time. <laughs> I just like how um, kinetic everything is in, in that. And it works. You don't get this, in the, but this is fine. There's, there's nothing wrong with this movie. Um, Richard Brake shows up and he eats his own finger and that's cool. Um, cause you want Richard Brake to do that. Um, there's a cool death scene where they, they take a guy and they put him on the, um, the kitchen burners. They put him on the stovetop of the industrial stove Yeah, and they light all the fires and then they burn him on the stove. So do you know anything about how it came to be? Like no where, idea where the script came from or did they like, was it something he had shelved and they like just. It was on it the blacklist for a long time. Apparently it was like a script that people thought was good. That was just okay. kind of hanging out. That was never made for a really long time. Yeah. I know that much about it. I didn't know that it got made though. I but I've heard people talk about it. Yeah. But you, you know, we, we, we don't get the, the dialogue that, you know, we, that I love that we get in like a bone tomahawk yeah. or in, you know, uh dragged across concrete or, you know, rolling cell block 99 where, you know, someone's asking for, you know, a wrench and, you know, someone off camera says, I will exhume them. You know, that's perfect. You don't get that. Yeah. And, no. you know, the the very same dude that uh, is responsible for the 12-star rating system, he's kind of talked, because he, he writes screenplays too. He's kind of um, tried to explain how unique Zoller is as a voice, where he kind of writes out a novel in a screenplay format. And they... You know, he sells them on his website because there's value in just reading them. Well, he's also a novelist too. Yeah, but it's like a it's a weird um, tango that his scripts do with like descriptive storytelling as opposed to like utility for a filmmaker to shoot. Like there's a lot on the page and I could totally see most people not being able to articulate that properly. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it's interesting. Um, I also enjoyed his graphic novel. Um I should let you uh, read that if I can find it. What's it about? Uh, the end of the world, aliens, but it's not. I yeah, he's he's a good uh, genre writer, so That's I probably I do it. He he does it doesn't go to the extremes that you would think it would. Okay. Um, there's no uh, Jennifer Car uh, Jennifer Carpenter getting slaughtered in a bank, and uh, <laughs> Will's pregnant. Cool. Uh, shout out to oh, Dragged right. Across Concrete. Yeah, I've that's the one that I've only seen once. I've seen. Uh, brawl a few times and Bone Tomahawk a few times, but I've only seen Dragged Across Concrete. Bone Tomahawk's great. I forgot yeah. about that whole bank shit. Damn. Dragged Across Concrete gets people a little uncomfortable in the beginning. Oh, uh, yeah. There's a- <laughs> I mean, there's many reasons to be uncomfortable with that movie, but I'll, yeah. I'll watch it still. I don't Yeah. It's great. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, now I want to talk about a show on Netflix. Netflix is a streaming service. <laughs> Uh, that uh, anyone can go subscribe to for about $47 a month. (laughs) Uh, This just popped up this week. I had no idea what this was, who was behind it, Uh, but I watched, you know, 10 seconds of the little preview thing, and I'm like, all right, I'm in. This is about independent wrestling. That's all I need to know. Cool. Let's do it. I mean, I'm a cheap date. Now, uh, upon further review, I found out that uh, this show uh, was done by, why is IMDb not telling? Greg Whiteley did this. Now, Greg Whiteley uh, may not have a name that uh, has any importance to anyone listening to this right now, uh, but I'll tell you that he's, he's, a big, he's a big documentary guy. 
because he did a series on Netflix that was wildly successful about football. Then he did one about basketball, and it's called Last Chance U. Last Chance U was a great series. And the reason why it's great is because it's all about the people. It's all about the characters. Yes, he's choosing sports as his background. But that's a perfect way to do it because it's all about, you know, it's sports, but it's all about in in, in the small town. And it, it, he, every one of his stories and every one of his documentaries really is centered around the effect of this event in the small town and what it does for the people in that small town. And, you know, me growing up in a small town like that, that registers to me, um, you know, obvious from the fact that, you know, the first two or three seasons, two first two seasons of uh, Last Chance You were done at uh, East Central Community College in Mississippi. So, you know, that obviously was easy, relatable. But this we're choosing the Ohio Valley Wrestling Company, um, which is in Louisville, Kentucky. Now, for anyone who has an idea of the history of wrestling and and, um, you know, the many sort of independent wrestling circuits that were rampant in the country, especially in the, you know, 70s and 80s and even 90s, like those days are done. And it's basically just the big guys. Um, you know, you've got some smaller circuit, but it's all independent stuff. And so Ohio Valley actually was, um, you know, sort of your third tier of wrestling. And uh, back in the day, they had a contract with the WWE. So a lot of superstars came from the Ohio Valley Wrestling Company. It's sort of like their farm system. And uh, John Cena came through the Ohio Valley. Uh, Dave Bautista came through there. Uh, a whole bunch of people came through Ohio Valley. So it was, it was, a, it was, a, it was the place to go. Then about, uh, I think, 10 years ago or so, uh, the WWE ended their relationship uh, with the Ohio Valley Wrestling. So uh, that sort of changed the tide there. Now, the person that took over the Ohio Valley Wrestling Company uh, is a name uh, that should be familiar to wrestling fans of, of uh, yesteryear, and that's Al Snow. Uh, Christian's nodding his head. Uh, Christian, you remember <laughs> Al Snow? I've been waiting for them to come up because they're the only thing I know about this series is that they have something to do with the documentary. Aren't they the guy who had, like, the mannequin head? Yeah, That's our guy. Yeah, yeah. Head. I know Al Snow. Al Snow and head. Everybody wants. Yeah. <laughs> little head. Yeah. Um, again, me and Clark talked about this a little bit before. I think Al Snow never really reached beyond jobber for me. That gimmick was a little paper thin where he yeah. came out with the mannequin and just, I mean, he's got some charm and I think he's a legit motherfucker, which is why we're talking about him. But that's why you have to watch this series. Okay. Because you'll fall in love. Too. You'll yeah. fall in love with Al Snow. I don't know oh, if I can yeah. afford $50 a month for Netflix. You'll so. fall out. I am somehow still on my sister's plan. They, we haven't gotten kicked Dude, off of it yet. don't say that out loud. They'll come for you. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I'm, <laughs> I bought the commercial plan. Fuck it. Really? I don't want to give them $18. It's $18. I think so. How, what <sighs> are their commercials like? It's there. There. It's not bad. It's like what does that mean? It's like fifteen to thirty seconds. I mean, no. Now I'm skeptical. What, oh no, there's something Netflix shit. There's something that there's a new product that is strange, and like, but I, it's, it's already left me. You know, streaming commercials are like a weird type of not fun nostalgia. Like you're like, oh, I remember commercials, and then, but they're like mixed with like YouTube commercials. They feel mm. weird. No, you know what the commercial is? What? Ben and Jerry's new flavor. Of Anna DuVernay. 
and Anna DuVernay has a Ben and Jerry's flavor. Who is that? She's a director. She did Selma in the 13th Amendment documentary and shit. Yeah, Randy, am I saying her name wrong? It's Ava, I think, right? Yeah, Ava. What did I say? Anna. Anna. Oh, I'm so sorry. So if you're Googling, yeah. That's right. You know what's funny? I (laughs) it auto-corrected me to Anna, but it is Ava. (laughs) So Google, get with it. Whoa, Googs. All right. So here's the deal. Russ, I I am put because here's here's my thing. Is that I'm not saying that you're wrong about the whole jobber thing. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like I don't I don't think that's I mean he was still very successful. Oh no, yeah. And he, and he was a superstar and he found he found his thing. Let me let me be clear. I think I may have been a a failing to articulate what I mean. I think he brought so much value to the organization that even though he wasn't great on camera, he was on camera. He was great on yeah, camera. Yeah. I think he's he's one of those players you want on your team just for like the morale in the locker room. Like he yeah. So the thing is um in in the second episode, they kind of go, uh, they they go more into the backstory of Al Snow, and he talks about you know finding his place in wrestling. The first character they gave him, he hated. It was a character called Avatar, <laughs> and, and, blue? and he looked like a Power Ranger, <laughs> and it was yeah. terrible. And and then he finally he 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 figured out the head thing just on his own. He grabbed a mannequin head, and he had heard about a psychological disorder uh, where people started to give personalities to inanimate objects, yeah. and that's sort of what was born with uh, the mannequin head. Now he and he said in constructing this, he thought he would be the heel. That's what he was going for. He thought, okay, yeah. I'm going to be a heel. And he said the first time he did it, everyone fell in love, and he and he realized that. And so then he was committed fully to it. He said he would go to dinner sit at a restaurant and had the head sitting at the yeah. table, order food for the head, talk with the head, and he got kicked out of many restaurants because they thought he was mentally unstable. You know, unfortunately, he, because <laughs> I know you're a big fan now, yeah. he fell into that like goofy territory where it's almost like a death knell if you're trying to become a champion because those dudes never make it. I, I get that. Yeah. But, but here's my thing. I try to view everything as its own ecosystem. Yeah. And everything has to have a place. And you have to have people like Al Oh, Snow. for sure, yeah. And I think that he was he was absolutely instrumental in the overall orchestra of what they were delivering. And so, and I think that he understood that. And so now, as a, you know, pulling back and, and getting more into the current thing of what he's doing at, at OVW, he is he's the creative lead. He's the CEO, but he also uh, creates all the stories, and so he has moved to a back and you know behind the booth sort of thing, and he runs the whole operation. The problem with this is is that he's not a very good money guy, so he needed to have some money. As a part of that, he brought in an investor. That investor's name is Matt Jones. Matt Jones is a very popular guy in the state of Kentucky. He has a very large uh, platform, as he is a sports radio talk show in the state of Kentucky, um, and he's a big Kentucky Wildcat guy. So. Matt Jones comes in here from the perspective of like, hey, I've got some money to throw around and I'm a sports guy and I'm a big personality and I'm just going to take over. And the entire wrestling company rejects him. They hate him. (laughs) um, And it's a problem. And so for the first few episodes of of this story, 
Um, and I think there's seven or eight episodes. Um, the first half of this series is very contentious. And then it hits a breaking point to where he he's the the all the the power players in the company are having a meeting and he's talking, you know, with Al and a couple of other guys uh that play a big role in the company. And he's he had had an argument with someone on the wrestling, and he's like, I never want to speak to them. They will not address me. We will not speak. Everything will be run through Al. And then he has an epileptic seizure. <laughs> and we see him have a seizure, and he's just... And they zoom in. And Well, th- what they do is that they show it. They, they don't cut, yeah. but they show it from behind. So they don't show his face anymore, because that was, that was, it's just it's tough to see. And they pulled back, and you see him behind. And they just kind of let the whole thing play out. And then they interview him after. And, you know, he explains that he's been having, you know, epileptic seizures his whole life. And Mm -hmm. then he breaks down because he's embarrassed by it. So that's an important moment in the whole thing because he changed. And also it sort of changed the relationship with everyone in the company. And he kind of lowered his guard a little bit and started to realize that Al knows what he's doing. He just needs help in terms of getting a crowd in. So he's doing some gimmicky things here and there, mm-hmm. and Al hates it. But it, but see, that's the thing. It's like, you know, he's like, he only wants to do this cheap heat. It's this cheap heat bullshit. Well, he's bringing people in the door, and that's what they need. And so it's, you know, and so a big part of the story is, you know, the relationship between these two guys and making things work. And then everything sort of culminates at the end where they had their pay-per-view fight at the end. And uh, because they're actually the only uh, wrestling company um, outside of, you know, the big one that uh, has a regularly scheduled live programming every Thursday. Mm -hmm. That's their show. Um, No one watches, but they do it every Thursday. And it's, 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 uh, and you know, you appreciate the effort that they do to produce live television every week um, because, you know, it's, it's always an insane thing to do is live TV. And for them to do a live event, they, they, I think it's the longest running live event TV, um, you know, in, of its kind. They've done thousands of episodes in a row. So it's, it's great. Um, at the end, Matt convinces Al to wrestle again. So the last episode, um, Al gets back, at, back into the ring. And I may or may not have cried. That's how the movie The Wrestler ended. He died. Yeah, Al died. R.I.P. R.I.P. Al stuff. Yeah, he had a heart attack while doing a frog splash. Dude, the wrestler was good. But this, I mean, honestly, it may be my favorite thing I've seen this year. I just, it's just great. It's just, you know, I didn't even talk about all the other wrestlers in this. You know, these, these, these are, you know, journeyman wrestling people. And, um, it's great. I love it. Thirteen stars. Okay, couldn't love it more. Don't overrate it. I don't. It no, deserves no, it. Thing. We don't do thirteen. Respect the twelve. We do thirteen. There are twelve hours in the day, <laughs> or in half the day. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm melting down over here. Look at my shirt. <laughs> the collar's drooping. Heard RJF. I'm fucking. Oh, it's my turn. What you got? All right, it's my turn. And first, I would like to say that uh, uh, Lights Caramel Action is now available. 
Directed by Ava DuVernay. (laughs) It's called Lights, Caramel, Action, directed by Ava DuVernay. That's the full... Ben and Jerry need to show what, what What's in the uh, ice cream place? Oh, I'm glad you asked. It uh, features a mix of vanilla ice cream with salted caramel swirls, graham cracker swirls, and gobs of chocolate chip cookie dough. DuVernay personally curated Heck. the flavor creation, yeah, which will be available in both milk-based and non-dairy versions. Pints will begin shipping across America January 23. Um, side note, Ava DuVernay has become the first black woman to have her image on Ben and Jerry's pint. Which seems a little weird to me. Ben and Jerry, you fucking <laughs> racist. I always said that. No, they had Colin Kaepernick on there. <laughs> Boom. What would his flavors be? Bitch. Yeah. For real. Um, okay. Just a terrible quarterback. <laughs> I got three movies. And uh, if you had an ice cream flavor, what would it be? Boring. I uh, confirmed. That. It yeah, would be so. called. But what um, else? It would be called the torrent of trash. It would have raw cookie dough. The kind that can hurt you. Yep. Uh, it would have Has vanilla. To. It would have a lot of um, cinnamon. It swirls of cinnamon. Cinnamon ink, of course. Yeah, of course. Of and course. then um, we'd need uh, probably some strawberry in there. Actually, this sounds oddly like a thing they already have. No, it sounds like you're just naming things you like. I, yeah. Isn't that what they do? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, hey, Ava. pile. There yeah. has to be a harmony. No, get, shut the fuck yeah. up. No, I don't watch the Cookie Network. Thank you very much. I know. I just have a drawer that I put things that I can microwave in in case Oksana were to die. And then I can continue to live. <laughs> Randy, would, only- <laughs> Randy, would yours just be vanilla? <laughs> Probably, yeah. I was trying to come up with something like kind of uh, unique. And, uh, you know, <laughs> savory ice creams are kind of like, they seem like a big thing now. Oh, these, the like, salt and straw places. bullshit. No, yeah. but I was you thinking know. like a, a vanilla with like everything bagel seasoning, like okay. the seasons. I'm pretty sure that's a thing. That's a hundred percent a thing. I'm yeah. sure Randy's, it is, but that could be interesting. Randy, Randy's would be. <laughs> I get this banana pudding ice cream that I fucking love. I'm oh, a big oh guy. that's a home yeah. run. What's it called? The clot. I think it's. <laughs> I mean, it should be. Uh, All right, but, banana clot. Yeah. Ooh, banana go. clot cream. Ooh. You're just right. getting me salivating now. Right, Anything can, with banana, I'm about it. You're veering into some uh, gothic King Cobra territory there. <laughs> oh, a little bit. Who I'm watching again. Oh, God. And uh, very Things briefly. Things are that rough, huh? Uh, his content is bad now. And I don't mean yeah. bad as in hard to watch. I mean, like, uh, last time I is talked about him, which is years. fucked up? Well, the thing is, back when I used to cover him regularly, he had 10,000 followers, which was a lot for him. Yeah. You know where he's at now? Over a million. 70,000. 70,000. Okay. 70,000. And when he can't pay his rent, he'll e-bag and make like $500. Okay. So now he's off the one game. He doesn't yeah. really make live streams anymore. He doesn't yeah. need the donations. He's pure, like bad person now. Uh. Um, but he did make a trash burrito, Ugh. which was a burrito that he put leftover fast food in. Like his, uh, I think he had a five layer burrito that's in the middle of his trash burrito. <sighs> and then of course he threw it in the oven. Here's the thing. Uh, you mean the microwave? Here's the thing. No, the oven. He ovens everything, even though yeah. he barely knows how to use it. Yeah. He how cut much that Velveeta thing. was in this thing? Oh, dude. It had to be half. <laughs> so he did a cross a cross section, you know, his favorite. And uh, I'm you, I had cross section tubes. Um, <laughs> detective on the internet. You know what they caught? Mm. They caught a little bug running around in there. Of course. So if you want to go ahead and check out Bite Size Cobra, I think this was a couple months ago. I'm catching up. They zoom in. And that looks like there's a little baby roach 
It's running, called Bite Size Cobra because I will definitely watch Bite it. Bite Size Cobra. Yeah, he's he's the best. The community's turned on him, by the way. Bite Size? Oh. They don't like Bite Size. They're all, you know, if you're not a long time listener of this show, we're in, the, we're in the weeds. I think Bite Size tries to do, uh, he used to be kind of fair and like semi-loving to Josh, where now he's just like, he's a piece of shit. <laughs> And I think the community likes this other creator called uh, uh, Boglum Chronicles. <laughs> I know I'm don't deeply in the weeds here, <laughs> but I did have an, a flavor for Randy on ice cream. I think it should be called The Missionary. And much like <laughs> In-N-Out, it would have a Bible verse on the bottom. Yeah! Hell yeah. But you and couldn't cookout. see we it. We got cookout down here and they got Bible verses on their cups. Oh, do they? Uh, yeah. I've only been hey, once. Yeah. I know how you guys are looking like half naked uh, hanging out this morning. Any chance that you showed uh, Christian your foot, Randy? No. <laughs> no, I've not seen the foot. Well, if you do get a foot shot, please take a photo. I'm, a, I'm, on, I'm on the prowl. Right, I'll keep on an foot eye watch. out. <laughs> <laughs> on foot watch. I'm like the guy from, uh, from the telemarketers. When he was down on his luck, he had to shoot some foot stuff. <laughs> We've all been there. Hey, That's, that's a part of the telemarketers in the episode three. That's where Neil Breen got to start. Hey, there you go. By the way, real quick with the telemarketers, how how crazy is that guy who's like the number one guy who killed, who went to prison for like twenty mm, years? Yeah, he well, he anytime <laughs> a sale didn't go through, he's like that fucking bitch. It was Dude, insane. Russ, there's a, there's a guy who's he's the number one telemarketer in the company, <laughs> and he's literally a murderer. And he's he went to jail for like yeah. thirty years because he he raped and killed a woman and left her in a field. Uh, he's done some bad stuff. And but he he crushes it at this job. But anytime someone hangs up on him, he loses his mind. Fuck you! I hope you fucking die tonight. You fucking piece of shit. Oh. And then he goes right back into it's it. It's scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's scary. Yeah. I also may or may not have related because I've worked a call center job too. <laughs> oh, I've worked some call center jobs. You do not wish those people well. It's, Damn, it's rough. I I mean I don't wish them to die. I would always say I hope. You get inundated with uh, gastronomical distress uh, in perpetuity. Yeah, Clark Randy's had a bunch dealing of with some of that. <laughs> yeah, <for real>. <laughs> <laughs> Clark has a bunch of recordings of people he talked to, and you would not play them on the show. I was very disappointed. Yeah, I don't want to get sued. Nah, you could do it now. I don't have it. Oh, come work on, work for that company. What do you think I fucking logged all that shit? You got to drive. I know. You no. got a little external drive with all the no. evidence. Were you outbound or in, like, were they calling you or were you calling yeah, people? Yeah, they were calling us. Okay, yeah, yeah. So that's a yeah. little better. It's these, a different game. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's That was me. I was like just support shit. So people yeah, are calling that's and it. actually yeah. needing something. So Yeah. yeah. The the outbound sales calls? That, that's a. Uh, that's not, that's, I'm not built for that. Nope. Same. Couldn't do Power it. Power to y'all. I yeah. couldn't do it. It's rough. Yeah, I, I think my charm doesn't work unless you're looking at me. Yeah, <laughs> that's more of a Randy job. Randy would be great at the outbound sales calls. Oh yeah, definitely not. <laughs> um, okay, do you want to buy this? No. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I got three three movies today, and I'll I'll be brief. I know we've been long, but uh, we have a lot of fun here with Christian. So I'll be back. Know. Something crazy will happen, and Randy will bring me back soon enough. Yeah, Randy, allow him to come back. Always. Show he, invited me. he invited me. He gave me an out to not come to. He's like, do you want to come do this unless you don't want to? <laughs> I, texted him, I texted him on Thursday because I totally forgot we had talked about him coming on. So I was like, hey, there's a possibility he might have something to do. Nah, I'm fucking married. I don't got anything to do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, we got a uh, screener for early review. 
and we watched it way too early. Again, we, I'm saying me and Terrell, and uh, couldn't really do anything with it. And I knew I would forget I watched it, so I logged it on Letterboxd. Unfortunately, I also mentioned that I was watching it on Instagram, and I put, don't ask me for a review, I won't give it to you. And then Randy jumped in with a comment and said, well, you already gave it three stars on Letterboxd. Doesn't that break the NDA? And I said, Randy, we're on a team, motherfucker. Why do you keep, you're sniping me from across platforms at this point. But I, it only hurt because I felt like you were right. And when I put it up there, I'm like, is this the, all right, we're, we're getting that foot picture. I'm putting it on the internet, Randy. So you better hide those fucking feet. Again, of course, <laughs> I'm talking about It Lives Inside, which will be out, what, Friday? I think it's hitting theaters. Early screenings Thursday. Yeah, so Thursday and Friday. Um, here, they, they did a write-up. I think it's the same one as IMDb. So they're, uh, is it bad? Let me, let me read it beforehand. Oh, no, it's good. An Indian-American teenager struggling with her cultural identity has a falling out with her former best friend and in the process unwittingly releases a demonic entity that grows stronger by feeding on her loneliness. Um, good job. You, you nailed it. Uh, this movie is perfectly fine, which I know you might think meant I hated it, but you know my very complicated rating system and I'm not talking about the 12 star. <laughs> I'm talking about how I have to break movies into film and genre. If we're watching a movie called It Lives Inside, then we're what I'm looking for is an exploration of the genre tropes. And, you know, uh, marketing will kind of give you a hint into what kind of movie we're looking at. And this one's very clear. It's um, teenage haunting, a coming of age story. Teenage haunting. (laughs) And they they mention it right up front. the main difference here about this movie is that we're dealing with an Indian American teenager and the Reservoir pro- dog did the, well, the problem is that's just what it is. We've seen the movie a bunch of times. Usually it's we get a lot of dogs. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the time we get this with Mexican culture or like any kind of Latin thing where it's like, Hey, you know, they have a different tr- twist on uh, Christianity. They love Guadalupe. Or, you know, we get movies like uh, The Possession, which is, it's a possession movie, but from a Jewish point of view. Oh, not Sam Neill? No, not Sam Neill. Okay. No. Uh, which is great. Which is just possession, I think. Yeah. The one but, you're talking um, about's got uh, uh, the guy from Watchmen or whatever in it. Uh, oh, I don't know. Isn't he? I'm I'm, I'm bad with uh, actors. It doesn't matter. I'm but see, here's Jeffrey Dane Morgan. Yeah, isn't that guy in it? <laughs> I, I don't know. He's the comedian. Yes. Here's the thing. Uh, Christian, he knows what it is because these movies are always enticing to a horror fan. Mm. And you're like, oh, maybe there'll be something interesting here or like different. And the possession was a little different. I mean, but ultimately the tropes are all the same. We just get them through like a different veneer. Mm. Same thing with It Lives Inside. Um, we get to learn a little bit about uh, like, like there's a moment where somebody's like, hey, can you um say... I'm the best friend of somebody in Hindu. And she's like, well, it's Hindi. And yeah, I can do it. And she's like, oh, you're going to film me do it. So it's it's literally a modern like coming of age in high school. But unfortunately, um, our character, the only other uh, Indian American, and I keep saying that because that's what they said. And I'm not sure where she's actually from. The other girl in the school, everybody kind of pairs them together. Uh, the other Indian American. She's going through a rough time. She's showing up. Her shirt is drooping. Much like my caller. And uh, she looks a little disheveled. She clearly has a child and had a long night too. 
and uh, she's got this mason jar with her. And everybody keeps asking our lead, hey, what's up with her? And she's like, why are you asking me? And it's one of those like, what, because we're the same race? And they're like, because you were best friends. And she's like, oh, yeah, Uh, I don't know. We, We don't talk a lot. So it's it's interesting. It's nuanced. There is a creature in the end. But if you're a horror fan and you're looking for like a drastically new take on possession or uh, what happens when your buddy finds a Necronomicon or your budding relationship is coming, um, happens to be blossoming while your friend goes missing. Yeah. The same thing's pretty much happening. I will say there is a creature at the end that does look very cool, but. Unfortunately, the special effects department in all of these movies, like Boogeyman, uh, uh, Cobweb, we're getting cool creatures kind of often now. So it doesn't even really stand out for that. Smile, smile. Yeah, like people are. It's just getting harder. You just got to be better. And this one's totally cool. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I it's kind of a warning. This is a movie that you'd want to watch with your friends. I will say it's PG thirteen. Your non horror friends or your family, if they're like, hey, so it's oh. an anti brain movie. <sighs> no, because you want to watch. This is friends. more like you know we're coming into tourist season here. Halloween's oh, coming up. Your and favorite, yeah. So when they're like, hey, let's watch a horror movie, and you you reach for a uh, Human Centipede three. You know, tourist maybe. season. You view <laughs> Halloween as tourist season. As a horror fan, it is a hundred percent fucking I tourist like season. Where are you touring? Actually, I, you know, I don't mean that as like a pejorative. I do, I do like it too. But I also want to be clear: you're a fucking tourist. If you're coming out here with your thirty-one days of horror list, you're a fucking. You're you're here on vacation. You're not. You know, how long do we keep our decorations up, Clark? <laughs> I see a skull behind I you right now. Too, so, yeah. I see oh, no, that's year round, brother. <laughs> that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, thank you for giving us the uh, the opportunity to watch this early. I do think it will play well in the theater, which it should be out on Friday. Um, oh, very quickly. Uh, is the floor open for questions? Yeah. Uh, titties? No. It's PG thirteen, and all the girls are very young. Oh, so thank that, you for your time. That'd yeah. be a problem. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. Um, uh, that didn't stop cuties, friend. There is a meat cute, I think. Meat uh, cuties. I'll have to, I'll have to <laughs> meet M E A T cuties. Oh boy, that should be our first feature. Aren't we'll cuties little oranges too? So now I'm picturing like also little that. meat yeah. spheres. Oh, oh fuck, yeah. dude, I'm into that. <laughs> the meat puppets. Um, now, <laughs> last night, uh, it was I believe 11:30. Me and Oksana were sitting on the couch which is practically on the floor. PM. Don't ask. PM. It was late. Pacific standard. We're approaching midnight. And I was like, I need to watch a fucking movie. Yeah. So we got to do it. And uh, I jumped on Tubi. I had a plan. I was ready to go. And she then watched Blackout <laughs> Asylum. No, I did not. I had a movie that is a recommendation that I will not mention because I don't, I want to say I'll watch it next week, but I'm not sure. Um, but I got into a conversation with Oksana about what an audible is. <laughs> As I said, we're calling an audible. Yeah. And she said, what the fuck is that? Oh, boy. And I said, well, you know, in football, you get out there, you make a play, you know, the huddle, the thing they do. It's in the a book movie. on tape. You get out there and you're like, you have a plan. But then you look across the gridiron and it's like, fuck, they knew our plan. That's when you call an audible. Excellent description. Yeah, right. And so I was very proud. And she said, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I did not. You did. You said, I think I've seen them huddle in a movie before. Yeah, I've seen sports <laughs> on movies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the same boat with you. I have no idea what this analogy is. I said, said, uh (laughs) uh-huh. Russell explained it very well. 
Football is a very complicated game. Oh, no. You have a complicated off- offensive uh, <laughs> system. You have a complicated defensive system. Once the quarterback goes to the line of scrimmage, that means that the ball is about to be snapped and the action is about to take place. If the quarterback sees that the defense is lined up in a way that is not going to be good for the way that his offense is lined up, and so it's going to create problems, the quarterback will then audible and change the play uh, to get to a formation that is more suitable to the way that the defense is lined up. I, mm-hmm. I understood it. I just... Like, oh, you're just oh, being mean. I, I said, uh-huh. I didn't. <laughs> like, <laughs> the point. <laughs> so I then uh, <laughs> proceeded to explain to her why this was a good call, which she w- didn't even care. <laughs> but I'm like, the movie you were going to watch was 90 minutes. This one's only an hour. Also, you know, I here's the thing. I watched the movie and I wanted to really come in here and be like, Christian, Randy, y'all are going to fucking love this movie. Because the, uh, again, on Tubi, there's just a, it's not a movie poster. It's kind of an image taken out of the movie that was then reframed and cropped to kind of look like a poster. But it was of a Cyclops, a one-eyed uh, fantasy creature. I know. Yet the movie seemed to be a little art house. So I watched a film called, hmm, I was confident coming in. And then I looked at it again. Cavern. Oh, Caverna. K- Caverna. So you just got to do Come it on, You got to have confidence. Caverna. Bro. It's it, the title throws me off. Spell it. Cave. R-N-A. Caverna. Hey, it's A-A-V-E-R-N-A. me. Caverna. R-N-A. Okay. Yeah. Um, now IMDB. I have not read a synopsis as uh, the one eyed creature was enough to get me in. And the runtime, honestly. Got a good poster on Letterboxd. Oh, yeah. Um, a, cyclops, <laughs> a cyclops strangles a man and chases a princess through a forest. In a theater workshop outside of Florence, Whoa. students Georgina and Lorenzo act out their dreams and childhood traumas as teacher Alba pushes them to confront their inner myth. This movie is a little bit more Matthew Barney than it is Neil Breen. But again... We're in that weird territory. It's dream. Here's the thing. When you think, when you have confidence in a filmmaker and you think that they have an idea that maybe you didn't get from watching the movie, you start to like put accolades on them anyway. And you're like, hey, they're a great filmmaker. And this movie really shows the struggle of uh, adolescence. And when you're older and you reflect back on it and you find the the empty uh, caverna full of mythical creatures that are the demons of the Freudian nature with your mom and your dad treating you mean and how you beat up your buddy when you were drinking at the bar. It's that. But there is a Cyclops and it looks very cool. Why did you beat up your buddy at the bar? Because you were just all that pent up rage, dude. (laughs) So this movie my is a nonlinear, uh, very visually fluid film where there are little breaks in the kind of like dream sequences. There's a lot of fade outs in between transitions. And it's about a troupe of like, I don't know, late 20s, early 30s people who are taking an acting course. And they're really, really into it. And they take it as kind of a um, therapy. And they're learning a lot and they're discovering. Yet, this is kind of juxtaposed with like the rest of the town. And, you know, you get brief moments where people are like, oh, how's it going? And you're like, oh, it's good. I'm in an acting course. And they're like, how was school? You're like, oh, I dropped out. And you get the idea of like these people's priorities are a little weird. And maybe they've abandoned adulthood because for whatever reason, it wasn't working for them. And now they've kind of 
plummeted into an art, which again, I feel like I'm being a little mean, but it does feel like the Cyclops in this metaphor and movie is kind of either in one in one stroke, it could represent trauma that they're now dealing with through this art school, or it could be responsibility. And uh, jump on Letterbox. People really like this movie. I think it fit perfectly into my crosshairs where we have a mythical creature and a pretentious art film. I had a hard time. And I'll tell you, I watched probably not the best time. It, I mean, Midnight happened while this movie was playing. Yeah, it's foreign language. But, and it was foreign language, which I warned Oxon about many times. She said, I'm not tired. I'm not tired. And she, she made it. I, on the other hand, was on the edge of the couch. I'm like, I'm paying fucking attention. I'm taking in all the nuance of like the, the craft. And man, I was still, at one point she, she did a five minute blank. She's like, I don't think I know what's happening anymore. And I was like, it's okay. I never did. I, no, I don't <laughs> think I did before it either. But, you know, it, it does, like, you really want to live with the people in daily life. Like, there'll be moments where they're in a bar and you're like, oh, some drama's going to happen. And then they go to a party and then the party's at their teacher's house and the teacher's really not a teacher. Hell like, yeah. She's kind of like a, like, contemporary, like, in, a, in an unprofessional way, but she has a lot of wisdom. And you're like, oh, maybe a student's going to hook up with her. But that's not the movie. The movie is somebody talking about how they have a conflict that they like to smoke. And then while she's performing a monologue on stage, people in the classroom are smoking and she's worried that secondhand smoke will eventually kill somebody. So she's kind of like, this is a cathartic moment while she's performing. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Are they smoking in the boys room? They're smoking on stage. Here's the thing. I really, I really want to like this movie. But if I'm being honest, it's kind of like a three, but I think I'll remember it. So I think I'm going to give it a three and a half. And uh, hopefully uh, people will think I'm smart because I gave it a three and a half. Well, I was looking at the image stills and uh, the Cyclops looks cool. It looks very cool. And there is a moment where somebody pries his eye out with a dagger. Oh, that's, a, that, that's your half a star bump. But here's the thing. That's nice. <laughs> the, the, the power of a genre film that is art house is that you don't know what happened, even though you saw it happen. You're like, wait, is this a dream that she's playing out in a monologue on stage? Or is she having a bad acid trip right now? Like, or did this really happen and the dream is modern society? Do you society? see them take acid? They talk about it. Which, okay. Randy, you know that's enough. At yeah. one point, they're in a bar playing darts. As you do. And like Ted Lasso. And uh, a pretty interesting question was raised. Yeah. He said, what would, which would you rather do? Would you rather take acid and then remember that it's your sister's wedding? Or would you rather be watching porn very loud in your house and then realize that your whole family's in the next room? It's like, this is, you know, points for creativity, I guess. Yeah. But like, again, it's aimless fucking talking while we're hanging out at a bar with, I hate those dart boards where there's no tip on the dart and the, the board is kind of like a plastic grid. Cause that's what oh, they're playing yeah, on. They're the worst. Yeah. They're oh, the yeah. worst. Yeah. And then, but of course, I'm primed. I'm watching an art house movie. So when the dude takes the dart and throws it at his friend, you're like, oh, well, if that were a real dart, would, would this be like a passive aggressive kind of like shot at his buddy? Is he poking at something with these questions? What are his true intentions? Or if it's Neil Breen, you're just like, oh, this fucking idiot. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Again, Caverna. How are, the, uh, are there many exterior shots? How are the exteriors? I'll or tell you. It's a beautiful the, city. It is. And. <laughs> It, Randy, everything in this movie is That's confusing. 
No, no, I'll tell you here. So there's a moment where they're smoking, like, you know, in the boys' room. Again, if you've been listening to the show for a while, Clark uh, famously had a, uh, a, uh, officer of the law come up to the house and be like, stop fucking smoking. I'm going to tackle you and yeah. we're going to arrest you. I spit in his face. Yeah. And then he said, fuck off nerd. And then Clark was like, can you grow the vines higher? So the neighbors can't see me out here. And we did. And we did. And he hasn't been back. Um, in this movie, they, they venture away from the buildings much like Clark is supposed to. And he's smoking under what looked like a, they were smoking in what looked like a dried up canal with ancient like Roman uh, arches behind them. And it's like, this isn't helping either. Like, like the modern society looks like it's a fucking fantasy movie too. At one Mm -hmm. point they're walking across the arches. I'm like, wait, that's a bridge that people use. Like it looks, it looks like something out of Elden Ring. I I know that's not going to work for anybody. Yeah, it's great. I love love your references, (laughs) but no, the whole movie, nothing is helpful. Everything feels like a proper blend of all the genres, which is why I'm going to pretend that I understood it and really loved it. Was this a Tubi you said? And it's only an hour long. Oh. So Randy, Christian, if y'all are at all interested, do it together, please. Watch I'm it together. About it. Don't do it alone. It It's going to be too easy to be like, yeah, I'm done. Fair yeah. So, yeah. All right. so it's like Molly. Don't do it alone. I know a couple Bring people a friend. That, do, that do it alone all the time. Don't do Molly all the time. I know, I know a dude that used to do Molly and then go on 4chan. <laughs> Randy, why did you do that? <laughs> okay, I got one more. I promise uh, this will be the longest, as it is the movie that I have the most to say about. Really? I and it's yeah, no, and we got a hard out today, and it's the one that has a bumper. Uh, here we go. It's now time for rich shit. What'd you say, Randy? You talked over David Lynch. Yeah, goddamn. Oh, I was shouting out bumper in Berlin, a show with uh, Adam Devine. Yeah, worth it. Okay. David, can you come back? Here, okay. Here we go. It's now time for rich shit. All right. Thank you, David. By the way, our heart out was three hours. (laughs) I want to be clear. I know. But it's, dude, Christian just brings it out. We just can't stop talking when he's here. I do the good shit. All right, let's go. We needed some eye candy in Atlanta. We can't just be looking at Randy all the time. True that. That's true. Because he won't show us his feet. I know. I'm growing my hair out, and I stopped wearing glasses, so Randy and I aren't going to look alike anymore. <laughs> oh, shit. Damn. Is that going to hurt the vinyl floor? <laughs> we're we're the, an audio only, so I think we'll be fine. Nobody knows what we look like. I've been pushing Randy to go video. He gets very mad. I'm like, y'all y'all need the video format so we could look at the vinyl. That's, ah, uh, that's actually that's fair. fair. Yeah. We'll do, we, do it. We got to do that on the Patreon. Okay. I've been pushing Randy to record each episode that y'all drop to uh, put it on vinyl <laughs> and to release that as well. Yeah. Hell yeah. That would be uh, expensive. Correct. <laughs> For sure. Hey, Patreon, baby. That's <laughs> only what, $200 a month? Oh. God damn. Bad. Um, all right. So yeah, it's it's rich shit time, which means that a uh, longtime listener, Rich, has gifted me a movie that I will cover. But to be fair, somebody had gifted me this movie years ago named Zombie King. So shout out to our buddy Zombie King, who also, I believe, sent a picture of his scrotum to the show <laughs> after it was uh, mutilated by a doctor. Um, so if you're wondering what kind of movie did these two characters give me? Did the doctor well, mutilate this on purpose? I have some questions I can't, about that. Uh, he got snipped, I think. Okay. Right? Yep. Yeah. So he got a fixed, like uh, Bob Barker's favorite thing, Spain, neuter your cats or your UK listeners. 
Um, yeah, he sent a picture. If you want to see it, we could send it over. <laughs> Unlike Randy, he would take a picture of his body and share it with us. <laughs> um, so I watched a movie called The Last Horror Movie. Have you heard of it, Christian? I'm vaguely familiar with it, yeah. So this is when, this is kind of where found footage, like in-world camera films, when they're very on, on track with their concept, like they're really thinking about the in-world camera part of this, where they can lose traditional horror fans. Um, here, I'll read from IMDb. Again, I haven't read this, so it may be terrible. A serial killer uses a home video rental to lure his next victim. What begins as a teen slasher transforms into a disturbing journey through the mind of Max Perry, a mild-mannered wedding photographer with a taste for human flesh. That's not terrible. It does kind of... Uh, it is leading, though. So Max Perry, um, we're introduced to him as he interrupts a movie. Now, in the modern age, the last horror movie will not... It just doesn't work. Well, like... With the advent of streaming, it really doesn't work. But the idea here is imagine that, um, you know, we're back in the late 90s and you're going, it's Friday night and you're hanging out with your friends and you go to rent a movie. And uh, again, VHS tape only. It only works with VHS. You you find a movie. It's called The Last Horror Movie. It looks kind of like a dumb slasher. It's like a blonde girl on the cover in a diner. Uh, you take it home. You pop it on. Your friends cancel. You're stuck with the movie. Whatever. You made popcorn. You, and you hit play. Well, you get about three minutes of that movie. And there's a slasher. He shows up. He stabs a girl. And then you get a hard cut to a close-up of uh, Max Perry. And he says, hey, don't turn it off. I promise you it'll be worth your time. Here's proof. And it cuts to him in a bathroom. It looks like a public bathroom. Uh, beating somebody on the ground. Uh, the punches look very real. I've been watching a I've been watching a lot of fight videos. I'm not proud of it, but it looks real. They're not pulling punches. He's not. And um he cuts back and he said, That was that was cool, right? I told you there's more of that. He's like, now you've uh now he's very, he's very British. So he's like, You employed a horror movie for your evening. And I promise you I can offer you the same the same outcome tonight. And uh maybe with a little bit of a thought. And here's here's what I'm talking about. Now, the in-world camera nature of this movie is that you've rented a VHS tape that somebody's taped over with a uh, kind of manifesto and proof of a bunch of crimes they've done. What a, what a brilliant concept. It just doesn't play anymore. Mm. Now, if you could, like, curate an evening and maybe even trick your friends, be like, hey, look, I pulled a videotape out from my parents' collection. Maybe they're banging on it. And then you get Max Perry. Maybe you could find the proper immersion, but you can't really. So does the movie hold up? Uh, the kills are very uh, 90s. If you ever saw that Don Danny Bonaducci movie, America's Deadliest Video, which is a, a timeless classic that parodies America's Funniest Videos, but it has Danny Bonaducci in it briefly. And it, it tries to capture that, that 90s realism, like of like, this is real death. But it really doesn't look like that. Yeah. This movie does a better job of that. But it's also got a lot of like, I am the I am a um Hannibal Lecter type who's musing about what it means to watch horror movies, what it means to kill people, what it means if you're still watching this movie while I actually kill people. It sounds a little bit like what the rise of Leslie Vernon or whatever behind yeah. the mask and maybe Man Bites Dog, like that kind of meta. Maybe exactly. You know what? That, it but... fits right in between. 
Okay. Because Leslie Vernon is much more genre forward. It's much more horror friendly. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's you have fucking- Robert England in it. Exactly. So, yeah. And Zelda Rubenstein. Yeah. And like, it's very um, pro the fandom. Yeah. Where this movie, I guess if you were like, maybe you smoked before and you were looking for a good time, maybe this movie might get in your head and make you feel bad about watching horror movies. Hmm. Uh, they do a lot of interesting things narratively here too that you wouldn't do with a traditional film. Like, I'll go ahead and spoil it. This this movie's been around for a long time. It's only an hour and 20 minutes. And some of the, the things that we do differently here is that there's really no resolution to the character you're watching on tape. Like, it's not like somebody breaks in and murders him and the rest of the movie is just the tape running out. Mm. This movie actually does something which is really cool. And in the third act, it's revealed that the people that have made up this montage of murder, like... He is, he is a wedding videographer and that plays in and you think, oh, is he killing people from the weddings? That never really, it doesn't feel that way. He does kill people who are vaguely connected to him. But in the end, we learn that he's mostly been killing people who rented his movie. So you get a cool shot of him looking in at somebody finishing the film, getting there, uh, subduing them, and then questioning him, them about his movie. And did it change your thoughts at all? And people are just like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then he kills them. And then then the movie kind of, uh, it ends, it cuts back to the original credits of the film he taped over. And if you were to have rented this movie alone and your friends ditched you and you ate your popcorn and you bought into it, you might even think he's going to show up and kill you. And I just thought, man, I would have loved to be on that ride. Like if, you know, like I know it doesn't sound like the most fun, but the number one enemy of a horror fan is an act of imagination. And if you could buy in that Max Perry was looking at you from outside the window you left open because you're probably white and we just do that according to Terrell. Uh, <laughs> you know, you might even get like fucking terrified post-screening. Um, That's like the ending of the Poughkeepsie tapes. They say in yeah. the movie, he's like, and this guy couldn't resist seeing this documentary. He's probably in the theater watching it right now. Right. And how weird when, because the way that I think most people found Poughkeepsie tapes was years after it was made. Yeah. And 100%. like you downloaded it or something. That's how I and saw then you, it. Yeah. Right. And then you hear that and you're like, wait, this played in a theater. Yeah. I thought I had the exact same thought. I was like, I don't know if this movie went to theaters. Dude. And, and it's funny because it kind of in one, in one fell swoop ruins the immersion and yep. makes you start imagining a world where you watched Poughkeepsie tapes in the theater. Yep. And they're like, <laughs> If you see a shady suspect with a hood up, that might be him. And it's like <laughs> yeah. a cop warning you. Yeah. I don't, man, do the, does that moment ever work? Like, uh, I don't, I don't know if last horror movie ever had, I mean, if, if somebody did have that moment, I hope they shared it with people and let them know that it worked, especially the filmmaker. But I just, I don't imagine <laughs> you were in a theater in Poughkeepsie watching the Poughkeepsie tapes and like, holy shit, he might be in here. He's here. Yeah, no, I don't think that happened for anybody. I do yeah. love that movie, but that part always took me out of it. Yeah. It's a bummer because that format of found footage film has been improved upon so oh, much. for sure. For sure. And I mean, look at fucking Whore in the High Desert. That's pretty much a Poughkeepsie tape mm. where it's like a TV show, true crime yeah. that gets like, you know, a little off the rails. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, the last horror movie, it's great. Um, Rich, I don't think I would have watched it if you didn't send it to me and zombie King. I love you to death. I don't, <laughs> I had it on my shelf. I guess, um, our buddies at Liverpool horror worked with the director 
before, and they really tried to make a sequel to this movie that would have been uh, Max Perry adapting to the streaming world. So I'm like, man, there's still room for that. Also, I, I watched this with Terrell, and he could not stop talking about how creeped out he was by Max Perry. He's like, this guy looks like a serial killer. And I'm like, well, job well done. Um, before I end this, I do want to say my beef with the IMDb synopsis is the very end where they, they mention he has a taste for human flesh. Mm. In the movie, one of my favorite things about a well-thought-through in-world camera film is that you get the editor or tour thing where the film is edited by the character on screen. And you can figure out a little bit of how they think via the edit. And he does a lot of like beating a person with a mallet and then cutting to tenderizing meat. Mm. And then he's got a little bit of Hannibal Lecter where he likes to prepare things. And he, you know, he's got a little bit of Clark in him. If uh, I do say so myself. Yeah. And he serves it to people and they're like, Hey, this is great meat. What is it? And then, you know, he'll say something, but at no point do they explicitly mention that he likes to eat people. It's long pig. Although he does uh, chop up a person before putting them in the tub. And he, I think he literally eats meat off the bone. Well, that's when it's best. But, <laughs> but it did feel like you never know. He's filming a movie. He could just be playing up for the camera. Is he a bone marrow guy? He does talk about boiling bones for a broth. You got to. See, you got to utilize the whole carcass. See, y'all are like peas in a pod. I'm just saying. <laughs> You know, a this lot is a of cooking parts. video for Clark. That's right. Yeah, again, I, but I do, I recommend it. It it does get a little heady, so it can- um, Oh, Al Snow shows up? Oh my God. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you know, it's kind of like that empty pondering that a villain may do, be it a Marvel movie mm. or a fucking re-recorded VHS tape at Blockbuster. And it gets a little self-indulgent, but I think it's fantastic. I give it four and a half, which if we convert, uh, if we consort- <laughs> Consort. If we consult the conversion chart, four and a half, eleven, basically. Five, four and a half. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of an. Yeah, it's an eleven. Randy's right. It comes out to a four point five eight, which would be an eleven. Which again, what is an eleven? Oksana, do you still Excellent. have that pulled up? You gotta have. <laughs> how do you not have this pulled up? It's the whole show now. My favorite part of this this rating, this colorblind <laughs> friendly rating wheel. Is that he's got so if is like so the conversion chart is for if you want to go ten star, uh-huh. if you want to go five star, if you want to go four star, or two thumbs. Yeah. That's my favorite. So if like if you rate a movie eleven stars, that's one point eight three thumbs. Yeah. I mean it's completely accurate. Yeah. So it's my uncle who had a carpentry accent. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. All right. Oxan, do you come on. What was it? It's an eleven or a one point eight three <laughs> thumbs. That's right. Uh Good, excellent, great. No, it's they're on. It's on a. It's on a sliding scale of one to three. So it'd be the middle one. What's what's excellent. the middle one? Excellent, perfect. Oh, it's Wayne's World. The chart works again, just like Zodiac. Not nice. the killer, the the star. Oh, thing. my favorite. The song by uh, Six Feet Deep. Don't yeah, check that song out. It's terrible. <laughs> Was that a plug for the vinyl floor? No, uh, Six Feet, uh, that's the band that uh, Chris Barnes, who was the original vocalist of Cannibal Corpse, when he left Cannibal Corpse, he started Six Feet Deep, or Six Feet Under. I think it's Six Feet Under. I think so, yeah. Uh, And he notoriously is, like, terrible at vocals nowadays. (laughs) Yeah. And they released an album, and it has a song called Zodiac on there, and it's hilarious to listen to because his vocals are so bad on it. 
Okay. Are you early Cannibal Corpse or do you like a Corpse Grinder more? I like Corpse Grinder more. I, okay. I, I'm actually seeing them for the first time uh, in October. I will be. Yeah, they don't Corpse. disappoint. Yeah, I'm They're very good. excited to see them. Yeah, I, I remember um, way back in the day when I was playing World of Warcraft. I took a lot of joy in that viral video of him talking shit on the Alliance members. Because he <laughs> yeah. was like, why the fuck would you play as a human or a dwarf or an elf when you could be an orc or an undead? And I'm like, thank you, brother. Corpse Grinder is usually on the right <laughs> side of shit. He is. And that man, you want to talk about fucking headbanging. Oh, Get dude. Al Snow out of here with head. His neck is like a fucking Biggest tree neck trunk. in the game. It's insane. And he's very yeah. good at claw machine games. Was is he? <laughs> yeah. Is he built like a Mucinex booger? Oh Dude, my god! Dude, kinda, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, you would really like him. He's great. Who, Al Snow. I be- also I we may be related. His, his last name is Fisher. I know. Look, that's him. Oh, he's he look at that neck. Neck. Oh, that is. <laughs> <laughs> that's a neck. Hey, he ain't getting CTE. No, no. That brain ain't moving nowhere. <laughs> Look at that thing. <laughs> oh, and look, <laughs> he is a master of the claw machine. Let me ask you a question. I mean, genetics genetics go a long way, and this guy doesn't look like he works out. But I, that neck Shots is something. Fired. Yeah, that neck is something. I think he was just born with that. I think he works. I, I don't know. I think it's he, head banging. Yeah, it has to be. He does a great windmill too. True, one of the best. Like that shit makes me nauseous and dizzy, like instantly. I don't know how he does it. You know. He's the cannibal corpse guy. Everybody yeah. who does it, and Rammstein, they they do a great windmill too. Um, it's not easy, no, and if you have long practice. hair, yeah, I you know I just can't do it. No, can't I've tried. I can't do it. I really can't. So he's he's not a great vocalist. I, that's what I'm learning. Actually, I think he's I tried. Great. The guy yeah, he's who was good. before him uh, used to be good, but he's like lost it these days. Oh, okay. Yeah. I um, I do attempt to do a windmill in the Dave O'Shea thing. Very nice. So if you need a teeth, how'd that feel? <laughs> Not good. None of that felt good. <laughs> I mean, it was fun, and I'm glad I did it. But during it, I'm just like, what am I doing? I'm I'm clearly uh, acting a clown for my good friend Dave, which I think he knew. We got an update when uh, the new season. I have no idea. I just see him in constant struggle with YouTube and fighting everybody. Yeah. Should be soon. I keep seeing uh, updates of him on Instagram saying this soon. So I'm not having sure. And uh, we got a date yet. Yeah, we got to get. We'll keep you posted. Christian and Randy have to watch that out in Atlanta. We'll get it playing at the plaza for you. That's right. Down. You you as a satanic rocker and me as a naked Southern belle. (laughs) It's practically the show. It's exactly the same. Um, It's what you want. Christian, though, before you leave. Fangs out. You have to watch it. Uh, I got it. I got to DM it. To I you. literally already have it pulled up on my phone in Letterboxd, and I noticed that the main actor's name is Randy Oppenheimer. Yeah. So okay. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I should have oh, teased shit. it uh, again on the last horror boner. It's not up yet. We did a. Uh, I'm gonna give it another shot. We did a Barbieheimer, but it was Randy Oppenheimer, who's <laughs> yeah. the director, editor, star, everything of that movie. Fangs there you out. Go. And we paired it with Bad Barbie, Nigel Bach's new short. Oh, about a possessed Barbie doll that gets sent to him. Now, if you're if you're I, Clark, I could see you're like, I'm not watching another fucking Bad Barbie. Here's the thing: it's like ten minutes long, and it's pretty good. All right. So, and it's on YouTube, yeah. but it's in the middle of a donation stream of that course. he did, and it was like, <laughs> yeah, we don't need to talk about it. You gotta sing for your supper. 
Randy Oppenheimer. Randy Oppenheimer. Yeah, things out immediately made it to my list. <laughs> well, uh, let's go ahead and give a proper plug uh, to the vinyl floor. Christian, what's uh, what's going on with the show? We uh, how many episodes have we done now, Randy? Like three hundred. Yeah, three hundred and ten, <laughs> something like that. Something like I think that. yeah, I think uh, the the next episode or the one after that. I'm not sure uh, which one releases. Uh, when, but I think we close out the A's. Yeah. Oh, big day. Whoa. And we're getting into the B's. I said we're closing out the A hole and entering the B hole. True. Yeah. So you're going oh, from you're going from ABBA to the Bee Gees. Is that what I'm I'm hearing right now? We no Bee Gees the in the collection. We got no the Bee Gees. Yeah, we do okay. have the Bangles Walk Like an Egyptian twelve inch single. So no Bee Gees. Russ, what's some B bands you can think that uh, you hope Christian know. can cover? But when you mentioned Bee Gees, I instantly thought of the Dave Grohl cover. Yeah, the Bee Gees shit. Yeah. yeah, what is that? Are you a Dave Grohl fan? No, kind of not at all. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> I think Randy, Randy nice, stands alone. I think he writes some of the most like boilerplate generic rock music. I just, he, he's one of those dudes who will have a sound bite go like viral and he'll be like, you know, for it smells like teen spirit, I was inspired by disco. And then they do a cut where it's like, I just ripped off this drum fill. And it's like, wow, dude. Yeah. 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 Incredible. It means nothing. <laughs> that yeah. is not profound. Like, yeah. oh, a fan of Nirvana, a member of Nirvana, like disco. Whoa. Yeah, but he smiled when he said it and he looks cool. I don't Seems like, like a nice guy. Got no ill will against him, but I don't listen to his Andy music. Andy kicks ass on drums for Queens of the Stone Age when he played with them. And Tenacious nah. D. I'm more of a Post Malone fan. I'm really into watching Post Malone uh, reels where he's like giving away guitars. Post Malone is now dipping his foot into the modern hardcore world uh, of music, and I really dig it. He's been showing up at uh, shows of bands I listen to, and it's I'm curious what he's doing with that. Oh fuck! What happens when he shows up to a clot show, dude? (laughs) We'll fucking see. He's he's listening to bands like uh, like Drain and Military Gun and MS Paint, who are like, I've talked to the guy from MS Paint about like booking shows and shit. So I'm like, I have a degree of separation from Post Malone now. Fuck yeah! Just wait, dude. Yep. It's gonna be a guest on the final floor. You're pre Malone currently. I'm pre Malone. Oh (laughs) baby. Randy with the fire. <laughs> Pre Malone. <laughs> and uh, and uh, what days do you guys drop those episodes? Every Tuesday we drop those wonderful episodes. We're going to start changing things up a bit. I think we're going to have an episode coming up soon about music, uh, film in music and stuff, oh. like music films, uh, rather than the collection, just kind of give ourselves a break a little bit from Yeah, I think we're planning on watching the, which is on sale uh, at Vinegar Syndrome, uh, Don't Fall in Love with Yourself, which is a documentary about Justin Pearson of the band The Locusts and a bunch of other bands. He had a record label. Uh, Yeah, I was big Locust head back in the day. So looking forward to that. He passed away recently, didn't he? Or no. Someone from The Locust, I think, passed away. I think someone did. I'm not sure if it was him or not, but they were the original. looked into it. They were an original member of uh, Cattle Decapitation. Oh, nice. Whoever that was. Yeah. Damn. Vinegar Syndrome. Gabe Sparata or something like that. Yeah. They crush it. Like I, this, the fact that Randy mentioned it, I'm like, oh no, what is this movie going to be? And then look at the, the, their cover. I'd buy it blind. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Locust is a wild So fucking band. good. They're, they're like a crazy spastic, like wild band. Yeah. Yep. They still got some with the limited edition cover for $25. It's on sale right now. Yeah. Not bad. I'm still trying to order it so I can watch it. 
I want to buy everything. You know what the worst one is right now? It was $9 on sale. Talk to me. It's $25. Yeah, $9 for $35. Oh, you did the... Yeah. You, you can't convert 12 star to five star, but you can do that instantly. Yeah, because of five oh, and a four. You were saying you were annoyed that it went on sale because you didn't buy. Well, it was in oh, your no. cart. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I thought I had ordered it like two weeks ago when it first went up on the store, uh, but it just stayed in my cart. I apparently didn't do the checkout. Um, so I ordered it the last a couple of days ago. Yeah, so I got it for the 25. Dude, get it, get it. Can I tell you what I did? I ordered a t shirt from a uh, artist on Instagram that I like. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Um, it's got a droopy collar. Pull it up. I'll show it to you. Really good artist. Just type that in. <laughs> oh, oh, I know who you're talking. Do you know about. this guy? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Really good artist. Okay. Go to his website. Go to the store. We're having a good time. Okay. Scroll down. We're we're, we're there. Okay. Yeah. That's the shirt I wanted to get. Portrait of a substitute teacher, and it's got it's got the uh, the t- it's got the, the the tube TV with the rolling cart underneath, mm-hmm. and it just says "Portrait of a Substitute Teacher." Huh? That's fun. Well, that's not the shirt that I fucking got. I got that shirt with the three skulls that says, <laughs> "I only hate three people: me, myself, and I." <laughs> they probably looked at your Instagram and they're like, oh, and I was no, like, no. even though this is appropriate, I don't like it, dude. I like Rizzy Rizzy. Dude, this guy's sick. Really good artist. Check Rizzy, him out. Rizzy and a beer and a glizzy. By the way, I don't, I don't, I, I, this whole thing of like referring to hot dogs as glizzies, my, this is my, a new thing to me. My sister texted me the other day because my seven-year-old nephew said glizzy and she's like, is this a sexual thing? Cause he keeps calling <laughs> hot dogs a glizzy. And I was like, I don't fucking know. I have no idea what this is. Well, if you're on TikTok and you're a big fan of the NPC culture, a lot of people use glizzies as an opportunity to pretend like they are blowing somebody. There was a dude who what? dressed like a hot dog and he was like glizzy overload <laughs> and he like is double fisting glizzies and everybody's donating them. Gli- it's a lot. It's turning into, I think you should. I have like, a whole, I have a big pack of hot dogs in my freezer right now. <laughs> <laughs> whole lot of glizzies. The glizzy king. They're you got to keep Maine. your glizzies on deck. They're from Maine. They're Maine hot dogs. They only Whoa. sell. Okay. The so Maine there's Maine. these red hot dogs that have like this red <laughs> coating over them that like snap. When you red hot, yes. yep, yeah, but they're not. They're yeah, they, they have like this red coating, and you can you can't get them in Georgia. So my sister went to visit Maine, and she bought me an absurdly big package of them. Oh, that's fucking cool! You got yeah, the glizzy. So you got the glizzy connect. Now. Yeah, I have a yeah glizzy's on deck, baby. Come on! Oh yeah, damn, Randy and Christian choking down glizzies together <laughs> on a Sunday morning. We do need to start a video if we're gonna be sucking on glizzies. It's true. <laughs> what were you gonna say, Oksana? Ask if you downloaded TikTok. You're so <laughs> up on TikTok. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's because I'm a man of culture. Don't you invite Chinese spyware in this home? From Neil Breen to Matthew Barney to NPCs <laughs> on TikTok, I'm I'm on the pulse. All right. Well, we've got an interview in 20 minutes, I and know, we thought man. we were going to have over an hour, but uh, it's been a fun episode. I don't regret. Christian, it. thanks so much for coming. Thanks uh, for you're welcome. Me. Anytime, and uh, we appreciate uh, you. Peer pressuring our dear Randy because of we course, can't peer always. pressure him in person. So yeah. you, you are uh, an extension of us. So yeah, we, I we thank you for the wild service. music. I will do everything I can to make him watch shit that he wouldn't normally watch. Excellent. God, I can't believe you got him to go to Breen. I'm so happy. <laughs> I just he would have told me and Clark no, a hundred percent. He would have said no. 
I, I, I also to- texted him a, like a week prior being like, I'm buying my ticket now. And he goes, I guess I will too. That a boy. That's probably the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Be like responsible and ahead of the, Randy's probably like, y'all aren't going to go. We, Which, I mean, he, we got, we got there, or we got there, screening was at seven. We showed up to eat food at five 30 and hung out prior, ate food, chilled out. It was a whole thing. He was ready oh, yeah. for it. Yeah. God damn. Any glizzies? No, we had a big old piece of fish for fish and chips. Oh. <laughs> we each got fish and chips. We got like the same order pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Randy, close us out. Uh, that's a, that's a hard one. Listen to both of our shows every Tuesday, uh, wherever you get podcasts, because, uh, you know, you people got, people got time on their hands, you know, you're driving to work or doing whatever. Maybe you're like me, you're an IT guy and you don't talk to anybody most of the day. You just listen to podcasts. So yeah, listen to the vinyl floor. I've been saying the instead of the, I don't know if that's the thing. People He's testing do. it out. Just a new thing? <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Randy, if David Lynch contacts you, don't pick up. Sure, I won't. All right, this is the end of the show. We'll see you next week. (laughs) We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Overlook Hour. And if you would like to hear more, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And while you're there, go ahead and give us a rating and or a review, which is a very easy way for you to support this show uh, that we bring to you every week for years now, free of charge. And as always, you can find us on YouTube at The Overlook Theater, Instagram at The Overlook Theater, Facebook at The Overlook Hour, and Twitter at The Overlook Hour. Last but not least, you can send us your emails and tell us how much you like or dislike the show at overlookhour at gmail.com. And if you're nice, maybe we'll uh, read them on the show. I've been your engineer, Randy Stat. Please join me along with Clark, Russell, and Oksana again next time. Bye.